I'm Eamon. I'm Merlin. And we're a gay. And his envy. Episode 42. Thank you all for listening to another episode of A Gay and His Envy, where we are talking about all things that we are watching on television this week. Drag Race, Housewives, anything in the diaspora. We have thoughts and we're ready to give them to all of you listeners. Uh, while you are listening, uh, if you can, be sure to leave a rating or a review wherever you do, whether that be on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify. Um, it is really, really helpful to us because it helps us get into the algorithm, helps us get seen by more and more people. So, of course, we always really appreciate when you leave a rating or a review. Um, you can also be sure to follow us across our social media platforms, whether that be Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, uh, TikTok, Threads. Um, we're posting new content over there every day, including clips of the podcast and memes and other funny stuff that we think of and some of our immediate thoughts on things so you always want to check out what we got to say over there so across our social medias be sure to follow also um if you want to support us in other ways you can go to again is nb.threadless.com and purchase merchandise Ooh, merch uh we have six different designs right now up there they're really fun designs that you can get on a variety of different things uh including t-shirts mugs uh towels various other items um it's a it's a you know, a good way to support us and a good way to get something out of it and get some cool little designs uh, in your life. Speaking of designs, if you've got any wonderful ideas, reach out to us on social media or via our email at a gay and his envy dot, uh, sorry, at a gay and his envy at gmail.com. Um, give us a little uh, design. I'll put your name on the, the shirt or whatever you want me to do to credit you on there, and uh, we'll make sure to get that design out. I've got a few more coming. Uh, also, Threadless is, th- is running a sale here pretty soon. I think it's starting uh, this coming Monday, um, which I think is like the first or something, whatever that August thing is coming up. <laughs> um, so it, it's, it's uh, coming up soon, so make sure to... Uh, Go and grab things while they're on sale. And speaking of that email as well, again, is mb at gmail.com. You can also, over on there, submit questions uh, if you have anything that you would like us to answer uh, on a future episode of the podcast, whether it's about the stuff that we currently watch, uh, just stuff about anything in general. Um, be sure to send it over there or across our social media, and it may get answered on a future episode of the podcast. Babe, what do we have in store this episode we got a big one we do have another big one four things to talk about uh this week um we've got atlanta we're still going to be talking about this portugal trip Mm -hmm. um and uh the continuing unfolding of bullshit (laughs) yeah um yeah well yeah yeah um (laughs) then we're gonna talk about um new york we've got this uh trip up to the hamptons uh with the girls exciting loving new york right now loving what they've been producing absolutely absolutely um and speaking of um you know, uh, things that we're loving. Orange County, we're also going to be talking about that. We've got, uh, Emily's got this uh, little non-pool pool party. we got um, some returning OGs. We yeah. Got, you know, it's, 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 it's an exciting time uh, for Housewives stuff. But before, before anything we, Housewives. Before we get to any of that stuff, we have to talk about the finale of RuPaul's Drag Race all-Stars Season 8. Finale. We are finally here with the final episode for this season of All-Stars How many Stars times eight. can you say finale? The same more t- I mean, the, mo- the amount of times they tried to fill in this episode. With- 
with like, oh, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to win. This is important. Like, we didn't really, we haven't really talked about it much about this season. Maybe I mean, we'll probably give our thoughts on the season as a whole uh, at the end. But mm, there felt like a lot of filler these last couple episodes in particular. Uh-huh. In ter- not, not just in the Queens. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> um, and But it's also a lot in the confessionals. Like, it's a lot of just like. It's like, okay, did you ask, can you ask them, like, a different question? Can you ask them, like, a, like it's just kind of a little routine mm-hmm. to me a little bit. After 15 years, I'll just run out of shit to talk about? Yeah. It's, yeah. I, I'm, I feel like maybe, like, we need a time where they can just switch the production companies of, like, Housewives and Drag Race at one point. Because at least the Housewives producers can at least, like, mm-hmm. pull some different shit out of people. Um, but, yeah, it's just... Uh, I I I still think this was a satisfying finale in terms of ending, in terms of just general conclusion of the season. We're at a point with Drag Race, I think I mentioned before, where it's like there's no bad season. I think anymore. Mm-hmm. I think anything like you're getting out of the season is going to be good drag, like you know, fun moments here and there, etc. I just wish. Mm, I I I think there needs to be more risk taken in mm-hmm. certain things, and not in terms. And they took a lot of risk in terms of twists. I'll say that. This definitely, it felt weird in terms mm-hmm. of the way certain things were formatted this episode. But I didn't hate it. But I don't know if it's like, you know, I don't know if it was the best thing to do with our time. Sure. Yeah, it's a good way. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Just the, the better use of our time could have been spent elsewhere uh, mm-hmm. on certain things. Um, they do come back into the workroom after James and Lala lip sync and uh, both won, obviously. Um, Naisha kind of had, I was noting Naisha kind of had some good like moments uh, this episode in terms of like drama, quote unquote, or like just like at least like little shady moments to where I kind of wish Naisha was like, more on the season. Mm-hmm. I loved it when she was telling uh, the top two, Jimbo and Candy, like, I love your type of drag to Jimbo. And then goes, and I live for your type of drag to Candy. And, and Jimbo's like, just like, ah, I'm gonna, ah. yeah. Um, but uh, it was, you know, and again, it's just kind of like just fun, light stuff. Like Jimbo and James were like squashing Lala with their titties, mm-hmm. like a sandwich, basically. It That's was my nail, ho. Yeah. That was great. I think, like, you know, I get it. Like, it's, you know, I maybe from what I'm saying, you know, earlier, like there's not the drama that you would normally get on a reality series anymore in terms mm-hmm. of like everyone's just kind of there to have fun. I mean, I say that when we had the Heidi stuff, but like Yeah. Even that felt like out of place in, in a certain realm and not the kind of like sort of clashing like we got a little bit of it later with Nation James, but like it wasn't I don't know. It was like they you know, brought it up and then they dropped it and then they just had fun with it. And I'm like, yeah, part of me thinks like, how do you fix that necessarily when you, we've talked about like the structure of the show and how Queens aren't sort of like conditioned to sort of have those moments and like, sort of like, like get really invested to where they can be a little messy in certain regards. But part, part of the problem is that the act, the, Behavior that creates good reality television does not create opportunities after. Right, right, right. And so we're left with situations where queens are not able to be as messy 
because they are afraid of how it's going to affect the bottom line later. Right. And that makes sense because going on Drag Race, the whole point is, you know, getting your name out there, upping your booking fee, all of that sort of thing. And if that's not going to happen because you act a fool on Drag Race... It's hard to then sort of like... I mean, a, a prime example is Fifi O'Hara. Sure. Um, who doesn't even use that name anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, but I I know you've, you've made this point before, like even before we had the podcast of stuff like that. It was just like, you know, it's like it affects people's bookings. It affects like, you yeah. know, getting that... Um, making a living at the end of the day because yeah. it's not guaranteed. At the, like, it'd be one thing now if, like, you know, the show can ensure that you're going to get on these tours and ensure that you're going to get in the Vegas show or mm-hmm. whatever. Or even, like, the extra, you know, it, it's it's one thing just booking clubs, but then now we have, you know, alumni of the show getting their own shows. Right. You know, we have... You know, all of the, this other stuff happening, we have, you know, Trixie was, you know, the, the queen of the universe thing, you yeah, know, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, we had, we have the, the we're here show. Um, we have like all these other things we have, you know, I mean, Pep was a pretty big name already in New York and probably would have still had the success on Broadway that she's seen. Um, since uh, Drag Race, but I would say that Drag Race definitely upped her visibility and definitely helped her get those opportunities. Yeah. You know, like, Jinx had the the run in Chicago. Like, these are things that would not have happened without Drag Race. Yeah. And it also wouldn't have happened if these these exact queens had gone on and made themselves look like people that are hard to work with yeah yeah i just yeah there needs to be some fix to the formula in 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 my view uh, there just needs to be an understanding that a person on reality television does not necessarily behave the same way in real life sure i mean if people could just like get that through <laughs> like like, yeah. like the problem is it's called reality television so people think oh would you reality no morons yeah come on yeah um so, uh, and the, um, they're all doing, it's like, uh, okay, so now the formula is also them, like, running around the workroom doing crazy stuff as they, before they do the intro, you know, that mm-hmm. moment. And then Jimbo's, like, spraying herself with the whipped cream, and that's become a meme now. I've seen that. Oh, my God. I've seen that all over my Thirst Trap TikToks. <laughs> um, or not TikToks, really, Twitter, more than anything. Well, sorry, X. Ugh. No, no, <laughs> this is the one time that I am okay with dead naming something. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, it's not. It's Look, not he can't happening. even, he can't even, you know, use the correct name for his own daughter. We're not, we're not calling Twitter X. Well, maybe when, the, also, maybe when he'll change the URL, then maybe we can talk. But or the app. Then, the yeah. app hasn't even come, like, the app is still a big old bird and says Twitter. <laughs> Um, so like they come back in the workroom the next day I was mentioning. So Nasha tells James, like makes a comment of like, you know, I did think I was kind of surprised to see you, you know, in the top though. Cause I felt like others were stronger and all that. And I, again, it was like a little like brewing thing. Like it also f- seemed like when you watch like the Roscoe's viewing parties and so- stuff like that, it feels like people were more opinionated than what they were even showing on the show. Like, you know, Mm-hmm. Kahana had opinions on certain things, you know, various other, Nisha, obviously, like, 
I need to, I want to see that though. Like it's yeah. one thing to get it in a viewing party that, you know, gets put on YouTube, but like, let's see it on the actual show. Maybe. I don't know. Yeah. I think it's because like what, again, like what a queen does on the show enters their quote unquote canon of this is who they are. Yeah. As opposed to what they say on Roscoe's is kind of not everybody like, sees that. Like I want, we will talk about, um, we'll probably talk about project runway and our thoughts on it when it ends, mm-hmm. but like we've been watching it periodically and that one fucking episode where they're just like, this is bullshit. Yeah. No, why the fuck? And just like be like being actively vocal about it to almost the point of uncomfortableness. Like, I'm here for it, though. Like, and it was bullshit. Like, there's no reason that she should have been in the top having sent the same goddamn look down the runway a couple weeks before. And yeah, she kind of yelled at her too much when it wasn't her fault necessarily. But she apologized the next day. But at least we had that moment. But also, it kind of was her fault because she's the one that made the design. Sure. There's that, but what is she? Supposed She's to do? not responsible for the for them putting it in the top, but she is responsible at the end of the day for her integrity not being there. There, there's that. But anyways, like that kind of stuff, like is missing on Drag Race now, right? And it's for the reasons that you said, but it's like I really miss that at the end of the day. Um, they give RuPaul comes in and gives them the basically the maxi challenge and the final challenge, which is that uh, the top two will be, perform. This is how she put it: that they'll perform. Original solo numbers written just for them. And we'll get to it later, but it's like I had a thought of what that was going to be in my head. And then the end product, which was still good. I was like, huh, that's not what I envisioned. It was kind of a weird final challenge to me. Yeah, it kind of reminded me of the like the setting and the vibe of them kind of felt like I think it was All Stars. Six, right? Maybe when they did the the final music video that had like the different sections, but it was all on a big. It was the one that Shay was on. Oh, that's All Stars Five. All Stars Five. Um, yeah, you but know, at least where they had that final music video where there were like different sound stages on the big black soundstage yeah but it was at least with that they got to write their own lyrics right this was like we've written something for you which i was fine with because at the end of the day a lot of these queen written lyrics are repetitive sure yeah that's fair um and but then they also get to do their tic-tac chit-chat as they're now calling it can we get rid of this please as if the i i love that i think we talked about it in season 15 which is like it's like they renamed, they took the lunch part out as if that was the problematic part about it. The, like it, it reeks of diet culture. Sure. Can we not please? Um, but you know, Hey, you know, anything that brings some trauma out because then, so Jimbo, uh, does their, uh, uh, chit chat. Um, I didn't know any of this Jimbo's backstory. I don't think it came, I don't think it came up on Canada or any of their seasons but like she talks about um their par- uh her parents being alcoholics mm-hmm. um and sort of like her dad passed away three years ago but her mom's like sober now and has been sober for 31 years and you know is a big supporter and stuff like that and sort of the chaos in the house and how it sort of translates into the art that they do which i think is do you, you know, think her dad still being alive when she was on canada had anything to do with that maybe as to why it didn't come out Maybe that's possible. Well, I, but it's also, but it's, you know, it's also, I think it's that it could be that. I think it's also Jimbo making it to this level where it's like, we right. don't really get 
I mean, we get like tragedy mirror stuff and, and here and there, and I guess it probably could have come up there, but it's like it you take for granted that you don't get someone's like full rounded story until right. the sort of like last part most right. of the time. Um, so that was interesting to see. Um, but <laughs> I noted Rue seemed like zoned the fuck out, like this whole just a lot of like nodding and just a lot of like you know, it's like. It's like if I just nod very like emotionlessly, it'll look like I'm having emotion and like sort of like really very internalizing. Sage. Yeah, yeah, internalizing what you're uh, expressing to me right now. Um, so it that w- it was the opposite of a coffee enema. Yeah. It, <laughs> uh, um, so uh, the eliminated queens, as this is happening, they're sort of in the untucked area or whatever, and they're basically just ant answering random questions from the big pink furry box, which it, it felt again, it was like, this kind of feels like filler to me. Mm-hmm. Um, it was just like joking sort of questions. James had that good moment of like, you know, if you had to make the best queen with the taking one queen's face and one queen's body. Um, and she's like, well, I'm taking Monica for the face. And then it's either nature or Kahana's for body, but I think I like Kahana's better. No offense, nature. Cause nature said no offense in the thing. Mm-hmm. It was funny. Yeah, yeah, but a little, it, yeah, you know, again, before though, I was like, okay, just rip each other's heads off, though. I'd rather than this, like, sort of like, you know, cutesy thing. And, yeah. and then they they start pulling out more cards or questions and they just start randomly winning prizes. <laughs> like, like, you get a thousand dollars, you get twenty five hundred dollars, you get a trip for two anywhere. Like, just these, like, random- everyone here gets five thousand dollars. And it was like, people were like racking up, like, yeah, it's. I was like, okay, I mean, good, give them money, you know, maybe pay them more per episode in their, <laughs> in their contract. Like, I, yeah, that's part of it. Like, I, I liked having the, I, I, part of me really appreciated them at least trying to do something with this fame games thing to where it's like, we know the criticism is like, you spend all this money you get on the show and then you don't get to show it. So mm-hmm. it, like that, I at least like there was some consideration right. put into that regard. Um, but it just, yeah. It, again, fine. Give them money. Be, you know, it's a nice gesture, stuff like that. It just felt a little fillery to me. Yeah. Um, we go to Candy's um, uh, uh, Tic Tac lunch. I'm just going to call it that. Um, she talks about, you know, the topic of like, you know, did you play the game, you know, to get through here? And she's like, I mean, it was about like making friendships because you don't want send a friend home at the end of the day, which I guess is true. You were like, Candy really played the game in terms of this lunch. Like she hit every single point you would want if you were RuPaul. It, it was very um, Sasha Bell coming in and I know the formula to yeah, win drag race. It was honestly didn't kind of, win. Spoiler alert. Yeah. It was honestly <laughs> kind of by the numbers. Yeah. And like, and not to say that it's not genuine and I'm not, you know, I credit to Candy honestly more than anything. Yeah. But it was just kind of like, so I give my story here, and then I tell you how much this means to me, and then I cry here, and then sort of like, I, it was just yeah. a little formulaic. But of course, Rue ate, eats it the fuck up. Rue at one point literally tells her that <laughs> I think I'm your biggest fan. <laughs> and it's like, well, so apparently not. Spoiler alert. <laughs> oh, I'm your biggest fan. I'm just a bigger fan of her. <laughs> yeah, but I love Candy like dangling that over Jimbo in the workroom later, just being like, "So Rue said this," <laughs> as to like get in Jimbo's head in the 
in the end goal, which kind of I liked in the sense that like Jimbo has made like when Jimbo was on UK versus the world, making the point of just like you could tell Jimbo reveres Rue in a way. And yeah. like, like it was always like, oh, I just want to perform this in front of Rue and I want to, you know, th- you know, sort of thing. Because, um, you know, fuck Brooklyn Heights. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, I, I thought that was, like, an interesting little moment. When are we getting Brooklyn on an All-Stars? Come on. Yeah, why not? I mean, if Pangina... We've had Pangina, yeah. Yeah, I think maybe the risk... Of, like, that was the one thing with Pangina being on, where it's like, oh, it's, is it risky to, like, be a judge and then lose? But, like, you know, still, who cares? People love her. People... I feel like that just made people rally behind Pangina more. Yeah, I think so. Um... They do the rehearsal with Miguel Zarate. Um, this he was a good, I think, um, choreographer and and sort of was gave them good advice that was helpful and was still kind of a little hard ass, but not to the point of like beyond, not to the point where it was like nauseating of just yeah. like, you're just you're just doing this for television. Um, and you know Jimbo's rusty on choreo and stuff like that but was picking it up in in many ways and was just sort of like you and you could genuinely tell like the progression of the confidence in them growing as they were doing it more and more yeah so that was good to see yeah i thought um let's go to the main stage as we get ready for this before we get into the um performances from the top two because now it's a tradition for Rue to do this every finale to do a performance she does a performance to asmr lover can I say, I was genuinely impressed by RuPaul during this, only because her it, knees bent. It, like it once, uh, if a foot leaves the floor, I'm like, okay, Ru. Like <laughs> she did a box step. She did, she did, a, did a body shuffle roll to the side and a body roll. It was like, girl. Yeah, she moved from like one side of the stage to the other with the with the backup dance. It was like, okay, I get. Like it was fairly impressive, and to you know. You know, maybe that's the trick of just like you give us nothing for so long that like the minute you do anything, you're just like, oh, God, yes, work. Like, <laughs> yeah. Um, we go into the top two's performances. Jimbo performs uh, the song, their uh, given song. Uh, I remember being born, which is just this like weird, like sort of like narrative of like. I mean, for something that was written for her, it perfectly captured her kookiness. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I love that, like, I part of me appreciates at this level, at the very least, that it was like, you know, give them choreo, but it wasn't, like, so intricate. Like, there, it yeah. was challenging without being, like, ridiculous to the point of, like, Jimbo's never going to be able to do right. this. Like, it, it was crafted to sort of fit their right. skills. And I thought it was a decent job. Like, I thought nothing, like, stood out per, from either of these performances, personally. It was kind of, like, it was a little, like, okay, like, it's more of a formality to get to, like, yeah. where they needed to be. Um, Candy's was uh, to, uh, the song was called Pay Me in Money. I, that's, this is where I was kind of surprised, because uh, for some reason I was, like, when they were saying like, Oh, it's an original song that for you, like we've crafted it specifically for you. For me, I was like, Oh, like when candy started, it was more like musical theater. And I was surprised that it wasn't a rap. It didn't give me musical theater, but I kind of see what you're talking about. It had like a rock of ages vibe. Okay. Like sort of like that sort of like it was belty and like, you know, 
that instead of just like a rap song, which you know I, I feel like is more Candy's vibe at the end yeah. of the day. And, and Candy, it was, but also it was weird with that. And Candy basically was wearing, which is Candy's look, was wearing like that look from the talent show, but in orange. Mm-hmm. And like, which is just like a strappy sort of like top and bottoms thing. And it wasn't like, you know, yep for the vibe of the song. It just seemed weird. Mm-hmm. It was more like, okay, so it's them in the lyrics. Like, I guess. <laughs> well, what I mean is like the the story was laid out in the lyrics, and as opposed to like we're creating the whole performance of what you would. Because I get it, because it's like you just did the talent show, so like. Yes, but I also am like confused as to how any of this was really candy. Yeah. Like the lyrics didn't really scream candy. It was just about money and getting paid and sort of Which like... Which I guess, but like, you could give that song to most queens. Yeah. And it would work. Yeah, I agree. It wasn't, it wasn't particularly standout. And then they had the all, all the other queens come out in like choir robes at the end to do the I'm a winner baby as like a church anthem or something. And I was like... Like, we didn't need this. It just feels like a lot of ideas. Yeah, and it needed it, some editing. Yeah, it really did. Like, need to be refined more. Look at the mirror, take one thing off. <laughs> <laughs> Very that. Um, we go to the runway. So the runway category is finale fabulosity, and everyone gets to walk the runway um, with their looks. Um, if you want to, I guess, go through them. I, I, everyone, no one looked bad. I th- well, but, mm. Mm, that's not true. I literally stopped <laughs> myself because there was one. Um, uh, Monica Beverly Hill started I thought she looked really great in this like purpley um, sort of like pageanty vibe mm-hmm. um, I wish the hair I wish the hair was different I thought because it was very monochromatic I'm fine with monochromatic like uh, I mean we had um, uh, Raja O'Hara do like this same color palette very successfully mm-hmm. in many 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 of her looks yeah so like it it wasn't to me a color palette issue i think if the hair had been bigger had if we had More had volume. her with like a if we had had that same wig that was on Nasha, that yes. pink wig mm-hmm. in purple right cuz i think my thing i agree with you cuz i think what it was is that it just made it look a little artificial yeah and to me obviously monica is a lot about realness being with you know, mm-hmm. embracing her transness and, and all that to where it was like oh i wish the hair was a little different yeah you know it just kind of you know took away from the vibe a little bit but we speak of nations i thought nation looks phenomenal yes absolutely the like shoulder piece sort mm-hmm. of like it was a different construction of dress than the most only people had. thing i didn't like is that neckline had like the binding on it right. so it was very clearly like Here's the nude illusion, and then this is the end of the nude illusion, and then this is her chest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like, girl, you you could have cut that off, used wig glue to put that down onto your skin, mm-hmm. and we would have not. It would have been seamless. Yeah, I think I agree. I think maybe it would be a little more impressive. Um, but I mean, she never, she really never looks bad. No, it's it's only ever nitpicky with Nisha. She's fucking gorgeous yeah i really liked kasha's as well kasha's it was giving sort of corella deville vibes in terms mm-hmm. of just like 
Well, no, and and well, Cruella Deville mixed with like a little dynasty of like just a sort little of bit, like yeah, rich, yeah. like. Well, and we were watching um, the fashion photo review, mm-hmm. um, and they were talking about how the um, the black and white scheme is a nod to her drag mother. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, that it explains why she's done that several times this season, and it really um, uh, that. Just that knowledge is really kind of cool and really nice to see that, you know, this long dynasty of queens is there, you know? Yeah. It, it's, it's great to know that extra bit because it's like, oh, you put a lot of real thought into this. Right. Um, Darian, I thought, looked good um, overall. I didn't like her pulling the cape, the waist cape thing off. To where to it was just, just the, the bodysuit. Body because it removed the the shaping of it. Yeah, and it like Darian doesn't. Darian has very short legs. Yes. Even though I think she her body looks amazing, particularly yeah, and she really has made it this season about the fact that she has lost a lot of weight and sort of like embracing mm-hmm. her body a little bit more. Um, and I appreciate that, but she does like you still have to proportionize. You have to proportionize, and I think her legs are a little too small mm-hmm. to like give that full effect that you want. Yeah, it's not about. Like, people think body positivity is that anybody can dress any way that they want to and it looks fine. It's not. It's about learning your body and learning how to dress it in a way that makes all of your best assets stand out. Yeah. And it was great. She looked so good until she took that cape off because then that, that, it, it got rid of the hourglass shape that she had. There was a nice, like illusion that was going on with that cape and it just it it ruined that whole thing yeah, yeah. um I, I don't know i i just was i it, it let me down a little bit yeah I but agree. overall i thought the look was great it was just leave that last little bit oh yeah um james with this sort of vegas showgirl kind of ca- coming for kahana's uh, vibe so, oh oh you said vegas Bitch. But it was definitely different for James, and I thought like it was the most beautiful James has ever. Oh looked. yeah, like James in that last portion, especially had like really stepped up in terms of look. And like, I will say, I liked her snow bunny look better than this. Maybe yeah, but it's close. Yeah, and I, you want a big like the head. I love that how big the headpiece was, and like it just. Well, if if she's gonna do something, it's gonna be over the top, either with the titties or with the headpiece or with the something. Right. That's a good point. Yeah. Like she and she does cuz she does costume design as well, not yes. just hair. Like I I you could see the craftsmanship. Yeah. And, and I appreciate it. Speaking though of Kahana, I thought it, it's debatable between two of them, but like I thought Kahana had maybe the best look of the night. Like I it's between her and Alexis for me. I still would pick Alexis um but you know yeah, it, but it's really close, I think. And, like, Kahana start, starting off with the sort of, like, this, like, almost, like, um, church-like cape. This, like, sort of, I don't even know how to yeah. describe it. Like, like oversized thing that she then reveals to the wings with, like, all that, that great paneling in the back. And the sort of, like, stone, like, everything stoned. And I love the, like, um, the skeletal, like, elements of, like, mm-hmm. the... You know, I mean, it was gorgeous. I mean, don't get me wrong. That um, the sunflower motif was stunning. Mm-hmm. All the mirror elements, stunning. I just didn't think that it was as 
Ohana. It was very like I could see that on Beyonce's world tour. Yes. Like you know what yeah, I'm saying? That's like fair. it's it's there's a there was a professionalism to it mm-hmm. that was like different than what I've seen on Drag Race. Yeah. Know, all all the time. Um, really great. I would also put if I'm putting Kahana and Alexis Alexis in the top, I think close third is Lala. I really yes. love Lala's look, this like ro- rose red um, you know, finger wave hair. I love the way that the bottom of the dress moved. Like mm-hmm. it kind of like it had this I can't even describe it, but this sort of flow to it that really emphasized the sort of like the the rose element in a way. The yeah. like it was very playful. Um and and really Lala has continually stepped it up in terms of the looks department from her original season. Yeah. The only thing that would have improved this look is the addition of um like some sort of chest, but that's not Lala's get uh bag. Yeah. So like I I mean I'm fine with it. It's more my preference of what I would want out of drag and what I want my looks to look like. So like that's just a, a matter of a like that's my opinion. <laughs> it's not even so much opinion as it's more like I don't want to say it's a matter of taste because that's <laughs> that's like No, that's worse. That's worse. It's it's a matter of um um vibe. No. Short sure, vibe. Y'all know what I mean. You're picking up what I'm putting down. Sure. Of course they are. Um let's talk about Alexis Michelle aka Jinx Monsoon. Cuz she really looked like Jinx. <laughs> she really did look like Jinx. But it was stunning. Like, it was so gorgeous. It was I, one of those dresses where it's like, oh my god, you like brought that from like 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 to me, I would be so scared in the sort of like plane ride over like that. that oh yeah, because it was like seamless in terms of construction and and just like everything about it was perfect. Like I, I would, I would kill for that dress. Yeah. Um, like that the the fact that the corseting went all the way down to like just below her hip Mm -hmm. and like the tool wasn't too much right it was just like that asymmetrical like swooping gives like a nice like movement and motion to it it. It it's satisfying like really satisfying um jessica wild i thought looked really good like she's very beautiful like um you were saying it was kind of like (laughs) the way the what you described it as was it was the best prom dress at prom yes but it's still giving prom. I, I don't know. It just, it was, it was the final episode of a early season of Drag Race. Mm. It doesn't rise to the occasion of all stars, I think. She's looked better. She's looked more expensive on this season. Sure. Than she did in that dress. Like that dress just didn't, like it. It, to me, was like the bougie queen bitch in high school. Do you think it was the color that had a lot to do with it? Like, I, I think, think that it was the color. Blue. I think it was the material. I think it was the, the um, like, I think even the, the stoning on it was giving very prom. The cut of it, like, everything of it was giving, and I, love I her, bought this at the mall. I love her hair and makeup, but maybe also, like, a different hair. Would have because the hair I would say leans it a little towards prom as well. Yeah, like the very quaffed and like sort of that kind of vibe. Um, but uh, I mean, still very pretty. Yeah, it was very pretty. It's just 
I would expect more on the level of couture yeah. than that gave me. And it, I, we were saying it felt bad when it was like Kahana and then Lala and then Alexis and then Jessica's like, oh, that's nice. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Jimbo had this really graphic um, print. Stunning. With the little like, I love the hair with like the horns and stuff like that. She did something different with her makeup. I, I feel like it seemed like it. And I was saying uh, that it was giving, I was trying, I was like, what is she? She looks like someone. And then I realized like she was, al- she almost looked like Brigitte Nielsen. The um, See, I don't get Brigitte Nielsen from she, her. She wouldn't wear that look by any means and, and have that hair, but it was just purely in the face. Mm-hmm. There was something about like the construction of like the cheekbone and like the, like it reminded me very much of her in sort of that sort of striking mm-hmm. German. I, I, she is some Eastern European, Eastern European nationality model from like mm-hmm. the eighties, like eighties and nineties, like something about that. I think, it's really impressive. And also, you know, you look at Jimbo's makeup from Canada's drag race and the improvement that she's made. Like it's really incredible. It's also the fact that she can do extremely graphic clownish type of makeup, Mm -hmm. but she can also do these soft, extremely feminine, elegant looks. Yeah. And the fact that she can run that full gambit and, give us everything in between is part of the reason that she won this season. Yeah. There's a versatility that she's developed now. That's yeah. like, you know, like it's so great seeing her like be like she was on GMA after mm-hmm. she won. And so it's like you to think that the one, the queen walking in on Canada's drag race going, Oh wow. would like get to that point would be kind of weird to think of. Yeah. But like, it's, it's great to see to a certain extent and it's still, Jimbo. It's yeah. not like compromised in any way. It's it's an evolution, but there's been no change to the base of that. Yeah. She is still who she always was. Yeah. She is just that and more. And then last we had Candy and we were both like, oh. This did not fit her well. Yeah. It did not. It looked like she like jumped Big Bird in a back alley. I so so here's the thing. The head, great. I love the hair on her. I loved her makeup. I agree. But it felt like all was focused on that and nothing on the dress. And it was like the waist was placed in a weird way. Yeah. And then it also felt like it was in a, it, it looked like it was like a bodysuit with a, dre- a skirt over it because there was that weird slit portion that I think was yeah. unnecessary. I wish if you were going to go for this sort of like 1920s vibe which would have been a good departure from Candy. Like, just go full that. Yeah. Well, and I just, she doesn't do a lot of shaping. No. She's just like, well, I'm just going to be straight up and down hog body. And, (laughs) (laughs) you know, like, that's what it is. Yeah. And it's like, I think, there's like a freedom to embracing that, but like also she's not made it an actual point. It would be one thing if she was like, this is what I'm doing Mm -hmm. and lean into it. Yeah. Great. At that point I am like jumping up and down, screaming your biggest fan, whatever. But like 
that's not what's happening here. What is happening here is it looks like you don't know how to dress your body. Yeah. And she has had moments where I think she does well in terms of that. And right. Like, it's, yeah. It's, but it was also giving me that, um, that silver foil V thing that she did in the first design challenge. Which I liked more than you did. I didn't like it because it looked like cardboard with aluminum foil well, on the, it. This looked worse. And you're talking about the top portion of this dress, right? Yeah. Like the, I hated the top portion I, of this. I but it, it, my, my point is, is that it's just like a flat piece that's just sitting there and it does yeah. nothing. Like it's not, it, it's not serving her in any way. It gives no shape. Right. It was like you had all the basics of, of, of the concept of the look, but it didn't, like the elements, like you mentioned, didn't serve a purpose right. in terms of creating a silhouette or any right. like sort of like. Like if those points had come out and gone more, um, more to the side. Mm-hmm. You know, to give a, a real V shape to or her just, waist and come back out, or just do a straight like cross, like 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 didn't need those like cup elements that were like sort of like jagged to this end. Just do sort of a really demure like like to me like go if you're gonna go there because it's so different from what you expect from Candy Muse. Go there, yeah, fully. You know. So it, that was the one where we were just like, oh, that's a And it was last. And it was last, and she was one of top two. So it was like. So it was just, it was, it was a letdown. It was a bit of a letdown. Um, we get the crowning of the Fame Game winner, and we find out that it's La La Re. Congratulations to her. I thought it was really well deserved. Absolutely. Um, great performance this season overall, I would oh, yeah. say. Um, and then we go to the main stage again for the final lip sync. As much as we didn't like Candy's yellow look, I like this look on Candy. The silver, like, sort of, like, shoulder paddy. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. And I, I thought the hair actually looked really good on her. Like, it was a weird sort of bang. You were, you thought the bangs were a little uneven. They were. They, <laughs> you're like, <laughs> I did not you're think like, they no, were uneven. They were. They were. Um, but I like the vibe of it. Like, it was a little, like, the, the, the generalness of the hair. Like worked oh, yeah. well with her face, and I thought was different for her. And then Jimbo, big tits, big ass. Yeah, what, what you would expect. Um, they lip sync to "Do You Want a Funk" by Sylvester and Patrick Cowley. Um, this is a great song. Uh, pretty good lip sync on Jimbo's part, I would say. Like the again, the worry that we had of just like, okay, how is Jimbo gonna lip sync in a finale and and win? Candy did a good job though as well. I would. I probably would argue Candy probably won the lip sync. Not if you take into account the fact that this is not a super serious song and Jimbo went funny. Yeah. How do you win RuPaul? We've talked about it every time. Make her laugh. Well, Candy also was taking it in a different direction. Like she had sort of more like sort of like she was doing the thing where like the eye contact and the sort of which I think. I think Rue laughed at it maybe a couple times because it was sort of like jarring in that sense. It was very like attention grabbing. Yeah. Which I think lended to me more thinking candy. Yeah. But she she was also supposed to have pyrotechnic titties. Oh, can you talk about that? What was that article that you read or that blog or yeah, something? That you- it, so basically she was supposed to have, um, you know, pyrotechnics in her titties, kind of like in the... Um, the monster ball yeah. um, Gaga look. Um, 
but they couldn't get like permits for it because like with pyro you have to have certain permits to air that on tv right um so she could it's the same reason that um a door didn't come back for all-star six she was supposed to they couldn't get her because she was going to do fire eating yeah yeah yeah. um and they couldn't get that approved in time and so she was like i'm not coming back without my talent show Mm -hmm. um so that's why we haven't had a door back but you were you were really mad at this piece about it because they were just like well you know that versus a, a confetti gun Clearly, that yeah, was, they were making it out like the confetti gun is the only reason that Jimbo won the lip sync. And I'm it, like, no, Jimbo like played to RuPaul's sensibilities in making it funny. Well, that you can look at it that sense, but also it, like it also ignores the whole like based off of your lip sync and your performance throughout the entire season that they included. At the right, end of the like obviously, like Jimbo has won four of the challenges yeah. at this point, like. You can't deny that Jimbo is the rightful winner of this season. Oh, yeah. It, yeah. Like, it, other other queens did amazing jobs, and you can argue that they should have won when they didn't. I will listen to those arguments, because I've had them before in other seasons. So, like, obviously, I will entertain that. But, girl. Yeah. You can't, like, Jimbo ran away with this shit. They yeah. should have gotten rid of her. <laughs> really honestly like if candy wanted any chance of winning she should have sent her ass home and taken jessica to the finals for sure like, like that, that was the dumbest thing that candy could have done yeah 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 I, I feel like she was sitting up there on that stage with lipsticks and she got a little red dot on her forehead basically and, <laughs> and they were like you're gonna pull out the right lipstick now right <laughs> But Jim, like we mentioned, Jimbo ends up winning first ever international queen to win an All Stars. Um, really, I, I think again, well deserved. Um, I we I was thinking about like I was like it was good, and I was happy that Jimbo won. I think Jimbo's deserving of winning. It wasn't as satisfying as Sasha Colby winning. Even like I looked at it like both in the sense of their they were both like going into the season. I was like, okay, it's theirs to lose, right? right? So like. For some reason, Sasha's felt a little more rewarding at the end of the day, and maybe it's because of the fact that this, the way this season kind of played out overall. Like, yeah. I think there was a, I think they tried out some interesting things. Some of them worked, some of them didn't. But I think there was a little too much filler. There was a little too much like, what the fuck is happening? We're kind of spinning our wheels here a little bit. Mm-hmm. Moments to where it kind of dulled the ending a little bit. A little bit, yeah, and. I don't know. May, it could just be because we had seen her twice before. Mm-hmm. And sure, her not winning those two times was disappointing. Yeah. Um, not to say that Priyanka didn't deserve her win or Blue Hydrangea didn't deserve her win. But, like, Jimbo was good competition in both of those seasons. Yeah. So her getting to come back now and win... That is, you know, to a certain degree satisfying, but you're right. There's not like that jumping up and down, like, but I also think that it's because while Sasha did run away with season 15 to a certain extent, I think that she was given a run for her money. Yeah. And I think that she had better competition than Jimbo did in this season of All Stars. Yeah. I would because say so. nobody matched her. There was never- Sasha had 
a lot of wins as well, but like there was solid arguments as to why Anitra should win, as to, you know, why yeah. other queens should have won the season. So it really was still kind of nail bitey. There was no way this was going to Candy. Unless Jimbo was going to get eliminated a la UK versus the world at a right. certain point, that those other narratives wouldn't have, it wouldn't have been that kind of a race at the end right. of the day. Yeah, but credit to Jimbo, like we said, congratulations, well-deserved, you know, uh, great on their end. I want to see if, uh, again, maybe they can take some of these things from All-Stars and work with them. Maybe they can take, like, again, utilizing all the queens throughout the season, I think, I thought was good and, and, and the right thing to do. Maybe take that part, leave some of the other parts. I think maybe get rid of this voting stuff again and go back to regular format. Like, which you know, word of Willem, that's <laughs> that's, that's the goal. That's what's happening this next season. Yeah. So you know, overall decent season. Not nothing sp- outrightly spectacular, but still always a good season. Drag race mm-hmm. at the end of the day. Yeah, definitely. Uh, we don't have any word of to when we're getting. Um, Drag Race Canada or Drag Race UK? Yeah, I think Canada's next on the lineup. If uh, Canada down, and UK kind well, of together. And Down Under is starting. I don't know if we'll review that one uh, just because uh, I don't know if I can <laughs> put the effort into Down Under, to be honest. Um, but, you know, Canada, UK will be there. Uh, and then um, we'll probably get a season recap down under at the very least sure um also we found out today that they're um putting the full 90 minute episodes of on season Wild 15 Presents. on well on paramount plus oh is it on paramount plus oh, yes okay. but it's like but i already watched this season i get i mean I guess the ones in the first half of the season where like you I mean, what are they adding is my question. I would love people to at least give me a, like, put me, give me a thread on Twitter of like what the extra scenes are. Yeah. Yeah. Let's do that. I but, mean, I honestly, at this point would rather have the or unedited season, whatever it is with, you know, redacted, redacted pie. Sure. That would be way more interesting. That yeah. would be way more interesting. Like, what to was me. the plan? What, what were we doing here? Yeah. Like what? What was this? What was this before it wasn't? Yeah, that would have been really interesting. That's more interesting to me than the extra. Like, I would have rather seen it when I didn't know what was happening yet. Yeah. For this, you know? It's like, at this point, I... Like, I'll probably watch the extended version if I do a Drag Race rewatch at some point. Mm -hmm. But, like... Just going back now after having just watched the season, probably not going to happen. No, I don't think so. I don't, we don't have time for that. <laughs> but you know what? We do have time for a commercial break uh, to plug our sponsors. But when we come back, we're ta- starting to talk about Real Housewives, starting with Real Housewives of Atlanta and Real Housewives of New York City. Don't go anywhere. Well, hello, friends. I'm your pal in the mainstream media. And, and you know, I'm the Riz. And, and you know, Riz, it takes years of strenuous, dedicated training before you're worthy to step inside a professional wrestling ring. But it takes even more time to develop complex, highly astute opinions about professional wrestling. Am I right? That is correct. Yes. And you know where we can find that? Yes. On the wrestling man. That's right. I'm Eamon. I'm Merlin. And if you're anything like us, you live your life out loud. And when it comes to issues of discrimination, inequity, and outright bigotry, 
We use every platform we have to speak out against systems of oppression that perpetrate violence against marginalized groups. That's why we are so proud to wear designs from the Survivors Know merch store. Their team has created designs that feature unapologetic, empowering, and survivor-centered messaging that range from mild, like accountability is love and toxicity is not on the menu, to a little more spicy, like one of my favorites, fuck your laws, fuck your system, transformative justice now, which has a cute little happy flower on it. Each design is available on a variety of items from t-shirts and hoodies to bags, blankets, magnets, and even stickers. And as more items become available, the options will continue to grow. 100% of the proceeds go back into supporting the amazing work done at Survivors Know to support survivors, workers, and survivor advocates by organizing, challenging the status quo, and creating alternatives to the systems that fail us. Support Survivors Know by shopping today at SurvivorsKnow.Threadless.com. That's SurvivorsKnow.Threadless.com. Sidekick Media Services. We are your sidekick in business for social media, video production, and more. Find out more at SidekickMediaServices.com. Welcome back to A Gay and Zimby. Let's head on over to Portugal. For a trip that I'm sure Candy wished she had just missed. (laughs) Honestly, at this point. (laughs) On Real Housewives of Atlanta. Um, I am ready to fight Eric. I, yeah. <laughs> I want Eric in a cage match. I am the production is pissing me off on Atlanta so freaking much and I am sick of it and it is just past the it's literally past the point of, you know, like missing it. Like you it's so obvious. It's Yeah. It's it, it's just it's egregious. Candy and Kenya have both on social media been like, "What the fuck is up with production?" Yeah. Like essentially cuz it's like uh, we'll get to it. It it really fucking annoyed me. Um, so let's let's start off where we left last episode, which was that um, Drew is storming off upset after this fight with Sheree about the lawsuit and stuff like that. So Sonya, Sheree, and Kenya go out to check on her, and we just see Candy going and scene. And this would apparently be the biggest plot point of the episode. Apparently, um, yeah. Which yeah. So here's the thing: is it a little rude? Yeah. Like, well, well, Candy has an explanation in a little bit, but like. Well, but Candy also talks about it on Speak on It. Yes, that and there's a reason. There's why a she reason said that. that she couldn't talk about on camera. Basically, so she, Candy claims that like Eric, the producer, um, who again I want to fight, um, was at at a point where it was like either they weren't saying certain things or they were just kind of dancing around, and he was like, "Okay, guys, you need to talk about the real shit." Basically, like producer having a step in and sort of like. You guys have to talk about this thing, kind of similar to what we saw earlier in the season mm-hmm. with the producer telling Todd, like, you're not going to talk about the shooting. Like, so that happens. Then they get into it, and then Drew cries and storms off. And so that is a part as to why Candy is saying, and scene. Because it's like, okay, we, t- you know, turned it on for this moment, essentially. Yeah. Um, Drew is uh, out there with Sonya. She's like, I've never been sued a day in my life. It's not funny to me. And Sheree walks up and Drew's just basically like, a lawsuit is not a fucking joke. And Sheree goes, who said it was? You did? You You literally, like, oh, gosh. Sheree is embracing the full villain this episode. Well, actually, no. She's not embracing it. She's trying to act as if she's like, peacemaker and like fucking like i was saying it earlier um this week where to you like it feels like she's trying to fill the cynthia role now that cynthia's left 
It's like that. That's not. That's not your bag. And it's not. She's not objective enough. Well, she's not objective enough, and she's too shady for that shit. Like Cynthia was shady, but it was never like egregious or mean. Like, but Cynth- apparent. But apparently, she kicks people off shows. Apparently, apparently, that's what what happens. Um, we ain't talking about that interview. That was. It, they don't need any more airtime because that just makes their um their fight for relevance at this point um you know like they're winning and they're they're not because they are both irrelevant at yeah. this point sorry um Sheree's basically like oh go guys go inside it so i can talk to drew and she's like i'm done with you you like you're fake basically and Sheree's like oh clear she wants to have her moment and then Sheree in the confessional is basically citing the anthony stuff from last season that drew brought up about like you didn't pay anthony my assistant etc he's come to me with this which fair enough like I, i'll say that like you know drew was ready was ready last season to like bring all Sheree's stuff out even though it might be valid like you know Right, but like Sheree again has had how many years of this bullshit? Sure, I'm not saying like I said, it's not it's not valid. Like literally, means. her number one catchphrase of "Who gonna check me, boo?" is about her not trying to not pay this guy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like literally, every storyline she's ever had has been about her not paying people. Yeah. So, like at this point, lean into it. Sure. Like that, but she's never going to do that. She's, no, she's not because she's not honest. No, Candy uh, she can't can, even be honest about being the villain. Yeah, Candy gets up and Marla's asking Candy, "Are you going to go check on Drew?" And Candy goes, "No, nah, I'm going to the bathroom." <laughs> Which I get Candy. it. She she you know she took her emodium the next day, but you know, poor poor Candy. Candy in her confessional is like, you know, I've seen Drew have worse arguments and not get that emotional. So it felt like we were in a movie and then she like does the fake cry with the noir like like mm-hmm. filter and she's like, and scene. Like and yeah, here's the yes, that's a little shady. And you know, but it's not like that serious to me. In the realm of like, you know, the things that have been thrown out this season, it's not that crazy. And also other people say it later, which also, you know get get to my crawl um drew is like it's not about a thousand dollars you know this woman's reached out to bloggers and my family trying to defame me etc you know um <laughs> and then i just could not with charade and this she delivers it exactly like this she goes i hate that you're going through a lawsuit i'm sorry drew i didn't know you were going through any of that she says it just like that it was like she was reading off of a script and like i've seen better acting on like commercials for depression medication. Yeah. But don't be also like, like <laughs> to say, I didn't know you were going through any of that. What you like, you're the one with the tea and the bone that you carried to the brunch. What? God, Kenya basic Kenya says in her confessional that she thinks that the issues are about Ralph and they're not, and they're not about the lawsuit, which I think is probably correct. And she kind of talks about that a little bit in confessional how, yeah, because of all this shit with the the um lady with the baby oil and you know all of that like yeah. it makes her very insecure and she was saying the last time that she went out on a big trip was when she went went out of the country I should say was when 
that lady, the assistant was texting him about like the massage and stuff like right. that. And so like, like it's triggering her maybe in that sense. And that like, you know, he, she's like, I feel like I can't trust him at the end of the day. Yeah. Which is you correct. Can't. You can't. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> uh. Um, I loved Kenya in this moment going, okay, so guys, can I just say this? How many people are on this trip? And she, and they're like eight. Okay. Eight people. What is a thousand dollars divided by eight? And everyone's just like, um, no, no, I'm not, we're not paying for the lawsuit. <laughs> well, and then, then, well, and she talks and about she, it later. In, in her confessional also, Kenya goes, do broke bitches split lawsuits? Yeah. Well, I mean, but Drew also talks about it. I, I don't know if it's that she talks about it later on the episode or if she uh, talks about it somewhere else. But at some point, Drew is like, is talking about the fact that they've already paid this woman. Yeah, she and says then that she like, came back and wanted more. Yeah, this that's woman's what, like extorting them. Yeah, that's what she tells Kenya in this moment. She's like, and Kenya's like, good, we can make her go away. I was like, legally or like some, in some other way? <laughs> I wouldn't mind that. Um, Mar- they go back to the inside the restaurant and Marlo goes, child, it just scares me with you because like, I don't know if Drew's serious or not. Oh, so literally what Candy's saying. But Mar- also you're one to talk about not knowing when you're serious because you like make up shit and start screaming at people for no good goddamn reason. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like... Uh, she, cut to later as she tries to throw candy under the bus for the same fucking opinion that she has about Drew. Whatever. Um, Kenya tells Sheree and Drew to basically squash this whole thing. <laughs> so they leave Sheree and Drew to do that. And Sheree goes, I mean, the energy was... She She literally tells Drew, the energy is so off in there. You weren't open. You, what? You're the one that wasn't open. <laughs> I I just... I'm so confused by... The cognitive dissonance that their brains must be having. It's, it's like, really insane. It really is. Like, they're just, like, completely, like, drank the Kool-Aid. Like, it's bad. Yeah. Um, Sheree hugs Drew, though, and they and they make up, and then her braid gets caught in Drew's earring, and she's like, oh, wait, wait, wait a minute. Oh, hold on. <laughs> it's always awkward when that happens. Mm-hmm. Sonya is, they get back to the table and everyone sort of relaxes. And Sonya, Sonya suggests going forward, you know, just make, we just have to make sure that we all respect each other and, you know, let each other speak, you know, when they're speaking. You know, yeah, that, you, you first. <laughs> well, there's that. And Sonya goes, that's my two cents. And Kenya goes, I think we have a jar somewhere we can drop those two cents in. <laughs> and Sonya's like, I put them right here. And Kenya's like, I, I mean, I like Sonya. So she knows I'm just joking with her. And they have like a moment. And then Sonya would then proceed to stab Kenya in the back. Uh, <laughs> Sorry, in my opinion, I, like, you know, I, I guess all is, all is fair in Love and Housewives, but it's like, okay. like No, not everything is fair. Fuck that. Um, Sheree then brings up, Sheree then completely throws Kenya under the bus. Kenya goes like, so me and Kenya were talking about you not being around all the time, Candy. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Candy's basically like, you know, especially with, you know, the group that she, you know, with SWV and Escape and the whole, because Candy's also talked about like part of the reason she is going into the season the way she is is because she's filming another reality show as she's filming this one. She's filming that SWV Escape show that came out. And so like, and she's doing her tour and stuff like that. So it's like, it's a lot. It's a lot of stuff on her plate. Um, 
and she's like, you know, sometimes when an opportunity comes up, you can't turn it down. And they're like, and Candy talks about how she just feels like she's still in the building stage. And they're all like, really? Like your world, like you say it yourself, you're worldwide. You have, you don't need to keep building. Like you're, you know. Yeah. And and that's been all a constant thing with Candy, of you know. And Candy's like, it's easier to never have it than have and lose it, is her philosophy, which I can understand that sort of like conundrum of yeah. just like you want to make sure you're always you know, doing stuff. But I think what Candy needs to start focusing on is things that can operate with little to no input from her. Right. Or it can just be, she can just have a managerial role and it's not a new thing. It's not a new endeavor. It's something that this is sitting over here making me money. Yeah. And then that way she can take a step back and really just... Because she's going to really get to the point where she's missed Ace's entire childhood. Yeah. Yeah. And. Especially those early parts you want to be there for. And Like I just, I, I really worry for her because she does spread herself way too thin. Yeah. Sheree goes, you know, for me, it's not that hard. I love money like anybody else, but I need my me time. It's like, Sheree, the reason it's not that hard for you is because you're not candy. You can barely get a website up uh-huh. to run your business. You see, and I made this joke earlier when we were rewatching, so I'm just going to reuse my material. <laughs> um, they'll can- never know. Candy, Yeah, they'll never know. We just won't tell them. <laughs> um, <laughs> you see, Candy is worldwide, and you can't get a website on the World Wide Web. There you That's go. That's the... That's the difference between you and Candy. Also, you don't have to worry about making money because you never have any money going out because <laughs> you don't pay anybody. Oh, God. <laughs> That's so true, though. Um, Candy's like, you know, I get the girl in her confessionals. Like, I get the girl's feelings. Like, and at a certain point, I know they're, they're going to go, well, we're going to stop inviting you because that's what I would do, which like, at least she's like, yeah, I mean, but I love that Candy's way is like, I'm busy. It's just, it's because I'm busy, but I get why they're like, why aren't you around? Yeah, you know. Well, and and it would be one thing if they weren't filming a reality show. Yeah, like at that point, you can go. You know, I understand you're busy. It's just that season of your life, and I I get that. Um, but it's something different when it's like, bitch, you getting paid the same amount of me to be on this TV show? <laughs> yeah. Where is you at? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, the next morning, it's raining. Um, and so the, it's raining and they keep cutting to the fucking wet floor sign that's well, in the front. And the wet floor sign is not just the standard, like, like ones that we see here in the U S it's literally a banana peel. Yeah. 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 It's, and it's just like, Oh my God. Cause we really? know, we know from the trailer, we know from the previews what's hap- what's going to happen. So it's just like, keep showing us this over and over again. Cause we know. What, what to anticipate. Um, they're getting ready to go out. Sonya's ha- hair extensions are just burning on the light when she does the... Um, it's literally just like smoking at this point. Yeah, well, I mean, and she she mentions it there in that little scene that, you know, it's because of those converters that you yeah. have to use. It's like anybody who has traveled to Europe knows that you use the converter on a power strip that has a surge protector. Mm-hmm. And that protects overpowering of your things. Yeah. Yeah. But at least it wasn't. She was like, is that my actual hair? Like, no, it's your wig. It's fine. Yeah. 
Um, Marla, they all go down uh, to meet in the lobby. Marla says, you know, I told Sanya to change out of her because she was going to wear ripped jeans or whatever. And, and I told her, like, change into the skirt. And she goes, Sanya, I don't want you looking like Billy Jean, like my girl Drew. That is some denim on denim violence right there. Marlo has no room to talk in as, this knockoff Carrie Broad, Bradshaw uh, t-shirt and a tutu look. As it's, she literally episodes ago said that Kenya looked like a low-rent Carrie Bradshaw. And you're literally wearing a rip-off Carrie Bradshaw look. And again... There's no cutback. There's no like fat, like rewind sort of moment. There's none of that. No, because we can't hold that side of the couch accountable Ugh. for anything. Eric. <laughs> um, Kenya, as much as, so I love Kenya, but she is late getting to the bus. And they'd always, but the lateness on, on Atlanta that keeps happening on the, like, eh, has a season gone by where someone's not late getting to a bus or to an event? Like, it's, it's every fucking time. Yeah. Kenya is one of the worst offenders. Like, but like, yeah, she's like almost an hour late. It feels like I just, I, I have no patience for that. I would have left her ass there. I don't understand how people are able to do that. I, you know me, like my I, anxiety will not allow me to be late. No, I will get there I, 30 minutes early, sit in the car for 25 minutes until it's socially acceptable to be there five minutes early. Even if it's like a minute or two that I am late, I am flipping the fuck out. Like, and I'm so Literally. fucking apologetic. Like I, I don't understand it. Um, but Ken, they're all in the bus. Kenya then eventually comes out. She's trying to find the door because she can't get. It's like one of those like glass, like whatever. But then starts to come out and then slips and then hurts her back. And it did look nasty. Like I, I hate yeah. like when that kind of stuff happens. Um, they get an ambulance for Kenya, and you could tell like Kenya was in real pain. Like you oh, could just yeah. in her voice, like it was just like it was bad. Um, and, but you know, Ken, they're trying to get an ambulance. They're going to try to take her to the hospital to check on her. Kenny is asking Kenny to go with her and that. So then, so they're all so, decompressing. So for the record, so for the record, Candy on this trip oh, yeah. has had bubble guts on the plane, bubble guts when she got there the night before, mm-hmm. got yelled at about making like a little aside comment about whatever now she's spending all day today at the er with kenya and then we'll get to what happens tonight and didn't really this get has to got to be the worst trip and then she's going home tomorrow yeah and didn't really get to go out and travel to portugal at all because even t- at the end of the episode they're staying in the hotel yeah like yeah th- th- this was real a bad a terrible she should have just stayed the fuck home and got uh, yelled at for not coming on a trip yeah exactly um, but they're all sort of like decompressing as they check on Kenya. Um, Drew and Courtney are sitting by the bar though. And Drew's like, that's really, un- <sighs> that's really unfortunate. Courtney goes, the universe has a strange way of forcing things sometimes when it's necessary. And Drew is like, what? Like Drew, like Drew should have called her ass out right there. Cause that was fucked up. Yeah. And Courtney's like, it's a thing called karma. I believe in it. And I'm like, this she is terrible. Courtney is the fucking worst. You better believe if that had been me, I would have been like, excuse the fuck out of me. Yeah. Like I, I said this, that um, now that Drew and Ralph are separated and, and whatever, that's not my blood anymore. So I hope by reunion time, Drew's like, hey, Courtney, yeah, that's fucked up. Yeah. Like, like I don't have to like, cause I can understand like when that's your husband's cousin. Especially like, if, like when you're like already there's we we know how tumultuous it is already so it's like 
I, I get not wanting to rock the boat, but yeah. girl. The stretcher comes by and she's like, What's that? What's that? A stretcher? And and Courtney goes, Something dramatic. We need to clear the negative energy out. That's why I think this happened. Like, it's just evil. It's literally, it's so evil. I don't th- yeet her into the Atlantic. Some people who were like, Oh, work Courtney on Twitter, which I think like is just to be like, you know, I think it, that's like people who have housewives brain who are just like, Ooh, you're super shady. It's like, No, that's literally not shady. That's l- crazy. It's like to the point of crazy. And then Courtney and her confessional. I think we all deal with karma. She is a mean girl. It's how karma works, right? What are you? Kenya's a mean girl. When has she been because, a mean girl? Well, in, in recent seasons. Yeah, I was about to say. But like, everyone's like, oh, because she was like, don't touch me. You know, don't put your hands on me sort of thing. Here's the thing. Kenya should have just, I, I'll tell you about that moment. Kenya should have just really told it to you, which was just like, I think you're a fake bitch. Yeah, it's it. it had not, you're right. It had nothing to do with her personal space and touching. She doesn't fuck with you because your energy is fucked up. Well, and the thing is, is that like if you want to call Kenya a a villain or whatnot, fine. Kenya has had moments over the years where she's done things that I have not agreed with, and I thought she was in the wrong for. But one thing that Kenya has never been was mean for no reason. Mm-hmm. She is not like a vindictive evil person. That's not her vibe. She's never been that. She has been someone who establishes boundaries and who holds them viciously and will protect her privacy and her peace at all costs. Sure. And there's nothing wrong with that. So to call that a mean girl when she's really just protecting her and her daughter and her life and making sure that things in her camp are are taken care of and stable, like, literally fuck all the way off. Right. But even if you want to make the point of, like, oh, this is karma for her being a mean girl to me or whatever, you making comments like that, you vocalizing that in the way that you're vocalizing it, coupled with all the other fucked up comments that you've made this season, literally makes you the mean girl. Mm-hmm. I like it's it's crazy to me. And Drew in her confessional at least says like you know I feel like the statement isn't settling with me. And I you know I think we need to choose our words more carefully. Like at least Drew in the confessional is like that's fucked up. Like come on. Um, they head out to the market in Portugal. This felt really like I don't like Courtney is just like trying to find her moment to get camera time. Yeah. Cause she was like, um, you know, Oh, this is, a, you know, being in a foreign country, you know, you have your culture and you have your sort of, you know, different things about the area. Wait, you guys went to that aisle of whatever place where Bolo was, right? That's where we live. And I was like, what does that have to do with one or the other? Like it was just basically a way to insert herself and bring up the Bolo thing. I guess it's like, cool. You're, like also only like two people in this whole bus were on that trip. So it's like, what are you like, you know? Yeah. Half the people on this cast who were there are at the ER right now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, Marla. So, so they're at the market and they're getting, they're buying stuff that they're going to have a person, a chef cook lunch for them with and stuff like that. Marlo, they're at the fish station. Marlo asks if there's any catfish. And she's like, catfish is the dirtiest fish. And then we cut to her confessional. She's like eating catfish from like, with like collard greens and stuff like that. Again, I think I said it last week where I was like, these moments I would find really funny if I didn't fucking hate Marlo so much this season. Yeah. She has a couple lines this episode where I was like, I would really 
be I, behind like, you for that. I wish she was this. Like, yeah, exactly. Like, st- stop with the edit. Stop with the like other bullshit to try to redeem yourself from last season because you had such a bad first season. Like, just do this stuff. It's yeah. It's naturally funny. It's why people wanted you to get a peach in the first place. Yeah. And I mean, I was on the Give Marlo a Peach yeah. train for a long time. Same. And then the second we give it to her, she's doing this with it. Yeah. It's just like, girl, stop. Stop trying so hard and just be yourself. Right. Marlo, uh, they're they're uh, getting a rabbit. And <laughs> she's like, oh, the rabbit has a BBL. And it shows the thing about widening. <laughs> and then Marlo goes, Kenya needs to go there where the rabbit went. And then you hear the voiceover of Kenya going, uh. I don't have a fake booty. And then like... And to me, I wouldn't have minded if, again, having the editor put that in, I'm like, it's fucking Eric on the fucking, like, you know, has the thumb on things. Like, it's like. And it would be one thing if they were doing this shit to everyone. Right. But they refuse to do this shit for for Sheree. They refuse to do this shit to Marlo. So every time it happens with Candy or Kenya, even if it's innocuous, it pisses me off. Yeah. Like, yeah. Um, they FaceTime Candy and Kenya from the hospital and they're still waiting. Um, Marlo, uh, basically like trying to spin this thing now of like, you really need to know someone here. You know, this is really about being worldwide as if like Candy isn't getting like fast tracked in the hospital. So her argument last season of I'm worldwide, nobody knows who Marlo is like, shut the fuck up. Like, like Candy said it on her speak on it, which was like, Yes, people in Portugal probably don't know who I am enough to give me special treatment in a hospital. But guess what? If they, th- my point last season was, if they don't know who I am, they definitely don't know who you are. Also, like, way to advocate for abusing your privilege as a yeah, as what famous are, person. What do they think? Like, like what? Like, oh, you you get a fast pass if you're a celebrity in a ho- in an ER? What? Like, you already don't have to like worry about going into life altering debt in order to pay for this emergency thing that happened. Sit the fuck down and live with that nice cushy privilege. Yeah. And know that your life hasn't been upended because you slipped. Um, and don't abuse your rec- your name recognition to then push past other people who probably have worse injuries or worse situations than you have medically right. and financially. Yeah. Like, sit in line, shut the fuck up. It's so stupid. But it was just a way to get a dick in. And, you know, they go have lunch uh, with the food that they got from the market. Um, Marlo's talking about dating Scott Lee and stuff like that, which I just I zone out because I'm like, this seems so fake. It's so fake. To me. Like, I, maybe it's real. I don't know. It just seems real fake. Um, Wait, did they end up getting the buddy with the BBL? Uh, I, I can't remember what they ate. I, I feel like I know they ate like fish, but I can't remember what they actual what the actual menu was. I just know that they got green wine, which like they thought was going to be actual green, like but it's like from the, this area called Verde, whatever. I just. Why would you think the wine was green? I, it's Sheree. So of course Sheree would like again. Like what grapes would that come from? Because I'm I know that there are green grapes, but sure. that's where we get white wine, right? Because it's not like it's 
there's not a lot of pigment in the the juice that comes. So like, where are we talking about making wine out of like kiwis Maybe. or like grass or something? <laughs> grass. What are what are we doing? Just it's just green juice. <laughs> it's just a green smoothie. Yeah. <laughs> um. Marlo, Marlo shows them like pictures from the date with Scott Lee and stuff like that. And Magnetta's like, yeah, Magnetta was so messy. Magnetta goes, yeah, Kenya said it was not real and it was giving Tinder. <laughs> Which, by the way, I was like, that, I get Kenya's point, but I was like, giving Tinder is like, we met on Tinder. <laughs> like, yeah. Tinder, I mean, Tinder's valid. Um, I think it was not the best, like, jab. Um, Sheree brings up, well, you know, Marlo also dated to, Roy. You know about that? To be fair, to be fair. You were the last in a long list of duds I had on the app. Well, so uh-huh. like, <laughs> is that <laughs> gonna... so? Like, your your experience was a little bit better than mine when it came with the. I mean, I had plenty of sex, but you know, I was like, gonna say I I know you were also on a bunch of other apps, so but like. I didn't really have a lot of meaningful connections, just physical ones. Sure. And so it's like, hey, yeah, I kind of get what they're saying. Like, it's low quality and, you know, getting laid, which is kind of what Marlo's about. So that's fine. Yeah, like, it works. Yeah, that's more her bag. Um, Magneta's like, yeah, I didn't really like that, you know, you were trying to take her shine, Marlo, in terms of the Roy stuff. And Marlo's like, you know, she showed me the thing on the FaceTime. And I was just like, oh, my God, that's Roy. And she's like, yeah, but you went to the DM to, like, show everyone. Marlo's like, well, I went to the DM because she went to the DM with Martel. And Sheree in her co- goes, you think it's okay for Kenya to talk about a DM, but Marlo, who actually has a DM, it's a double standard. Wait, wait. So you're what are you trying to claim? Marlo, who actually has a DM. So you're trying to claim Kenya didn't even have the DM. But you said later that that Martel told you that he DM'd her. And he literally copped after saying originally that he didn't. Later said, "Yeah, I DM'd you, but it was 2 years ago." Now you're saying there was no DM? I need you to pick a story. Also, like, even if all of, even if they're the, all that they're claiming in this moment right. with the Martell thing is true, even if you wanted to claim that, which it's not, it's verifiably not, but even if you wanted to claim that, why is Marlo retaliating for it? Exactly. What but, business does Marlo have inserting herself in this situation? But it's all it's Candy and Kenyon Drew being minions to each other. Right. Yeah. Martel calls Sheree, and you, I remember you saying when Joe Judice called into the Jersey reunion, you thought it was staged, and I wasn't sure. This felt staged to me. Oh, yeah. This felt really staged. And he's just like, and puts her him on speaker without his knowledge because he's not been on reality TV before. Um, and it's like, you know, we never be, be apart this long without having sex. So just make sure at night you think about me. And they're like, ooh. Okay. Sonya's. Sonya. Wait, who claimed that it was without his knowledge? With uh, being on voicemail? Or they, no, being on uh, speaker. Oh, well, yeah. Th- but like, they made it seem like, like, Sonya was like, ooh, be quiet. He doesn't know. Like, it was. I, it just seemed Pretty like. Pretty sure that would be illegal for them to record him. Right. It's fake. It's fake. It's, it, it's fake. It's just, it's just, like I just, 
he, he knows the game. He kn- he knows what was happening. Sonya's basically like, you know, confessional goes, you know, I know it's an unpopular opinion, but I really like Martel for Saray. You're correct. It is an unpopular opinion. Yep. <laughs> I mean, if she was being honest and she was just like, hey, I'm just getting my pipes cleaned and I know he's got a big pipe cleaner. So we're good. And I'd be like, girl, I get it. Like, yeah. go get your cheeks clapped. I understand. Oh my God. But like, don't make us, don't try to convince us that this is something real and emotional. No. You just getting laid and that's okay. Like, just like, be honest about that's what you're doing. Yeah. Marlo says they're a confessional. Any man with a pulse and no ankle bracelet is an upgrade from Tyrone. And that I will give Marlo. That is the only true thing she has said this season. Sheree brings up Candy saying and scene uh, about Drew and stuff like that to then try like start this like Candy Drew thing. Right. Um, you know, and she prefaces it like since the trip is all about being authentic. I thought I'd bring this up. <laughs> okay. Drew basically is like, you know. Yeah, so it was in a, it was in a place where like I felt like you know you Sheree you weren't hearing me and Sheree goes we talking about candy right now like like she's literally like I'm not I'm not listening to your your like serious like you know explanation I want your lasers focused on candy. It's so obvious. I'm just yeah. Like at least be at least be slick about it. Like I just I can't I can't do I can't with the heavy handedness. I can't. Yeah. Sonya says that Drew might be afraid to talk to Candy. Marlo's like, if that was me, she would have annihilated me. Oh, don't worry, Marlo. No one no one would have expected you to be like a close personal friend to someone and say that comment. Trust me. Well, because you're not a close personal friend to anyone. And even if someone did annihilate you, they would edit it out or edit it in such a way that that's not what it looked like or make sure that, you know, when it was referenced in the future, it is clearly a misrepresentation of facts like they did with the fact that you clearly stood over uh, Drew and screamed in her face. And yet constantly in the flashbacks, they were acting like you were sitting down the entire conversation. Yeah. Sheree asked Drew how you feel. How how are you and Marlo? How do you feel about Marlo since I know you didn't accept her apology? And I love that, like, all of, like, again, Marlo clearly didn't tell, either didn't tell Sheree or Sonya or they're actively ignoring it. Like, they didn't, she clearly didn't tell him what happened in the limo to the date, which was when she called oh, yeah. Drew. And Drew tried to broach the issue, like, like as an actual to broach it honestly. And then Marlo did her Marloisms and then hung up the phone and shit talked to her or whatever afterwards. So, but it's like, well, Drew, I know you didn't accept her apology um, because we never got to have a fucking discussion about it because she wants to be, you know, fake to my face and then talk shit behind my back. Yeah. I, I can't wait till we get, because they're, they're, they're filming, filming literally today. They're filming the reunion. And I really just want to hear Drew's reaction to that. Because that it really is a lot of stuff that like they aren't seeing that is like that shit in the limo was like it was almost like a mental break. Yeah, we said it at the time. It felt very bipolar in a sense because it was such a switch. Like, like it just it. I went from being irritated and frustrated to be being genuinely concerned. Yeah, because I was like, this, this looks and feels like something beyond Mm -hmm. and this looks like maybe it's inappropriate to air this sure like to a certain degree it felt that way and it was just like you need help girl Mm -hmm. 
because you got multiple personalities or you got bipolar or you have borderline personality disorder, you got something. I'm not a psychiatrist or a psychologist, but it's something that's not, it's something ticky, ticky, boom, boom up there. Yeah. And you need to get that checked out. Marlo says, I am being sincere in this moment. I apologize for saying fuck you at the winery. I am sorry. That is not what it is about. Sure. But Drew says, Drew says, thank you. And she's like, you know, I just think that we're at a point where it's like, I need to see you be consistent, (laughs) which I thought was so good on Drew's part. I was like, I will accept your apology, but don't get me wrong. It doesn't mean you're absolved of everything because I know you're not going to be consistent. I know you're going to fucking. Well, and it was the same thing, basically, that Kenya said to Sonya at the Gucci party. Yeah. It was like, yeah, like you can say everything that you want to and that's fine. But your actions need to match. But your actions need to match. And like, we're not good until that happens. Yeah. Uh, Kenya's out of the hospital. No broken bones. She's just on a bunch of meds. Um, and Candy takes her back to her room and all that. The other girls then go to they go to a pottery class. They st- start painting. It literally, I mean, it literally is like watching paint dry. Um, this scene, it's just really like this. It's just so illuminating. Like the people who are like, because you see some. I've seen some more people on the Twitter side being like, on the Marlo Sheree Sonya side being like, Candy and Kenya, they're stonewalling people. They don't, you know, blah blah blah, whatever, you know. But it's like literally, they've spent. When Candy and Kenya aren't there, they're literally spending the whole time talking about Candy and Kenya. Yeah, it's... They're literally the only conflict points. It, it's just... It's so frustrating. And it's like... They, they tried to make it out like they were the cause of the conflict. It's like, no, the cause of the conflict is y'all's jealous ass. Marlo, Marlo goes, sisterhood, I hope we get it back when the rest of the group comes, which is reiterating, like, now, and when she said that, I was like, oh, so it's exactly what you guys said in Alabama, and so you're trying to set a narrative. You're trying right. to keep placing these, like, well, now that Candy and Kenya aren't here, now we can all be friends, and now yeah. it's this. And Marlo says, Eric Official, whenever Candy and Kenya are not around, all of us get along. One, that's not fucking true. That's just objectively not fucking true. Two, again, the fucking producers. They cut to this, this montage, when Marlo says this, of Candy yelling at Courtney, Kenya yelling at Martell, and then Candy at the beat the bomb thing being like, do not fucking grab me, all this stuff. As if all those situations weren't started by Sheree and Marlo. Yeah. It's like they were and Courtney in all of those moments. They were literally matching the energy that was brought to them. Right. So explain that to me. And again, but again, to be like anytime Candy and Kenya are not around, then how does it explain Marlo yelling in Drew's face? Candy and Kenya weren't around for that. Um, Marlo slamming a door in Moneta's face. Candy and Kenya weren't around for that. Explain that to me. Like Candy wasn't even in the room, and Kenya was upstairs. Yeah, it's just it's it, it it again. It's it's it would be annoying in any other case, but when you have production on their side, it's it's gets honestly infuriating. It's it's just really, it's it to me is like underlining the negative stereotypes about reality television, mm-hmm. and. The fact that it's happening on a show that is centered around all black women right. is what is most disgusting to me about it. Yeah. Like, if this happened on another, another, see, and we do see it. Like, we see 
you know, the same level of toxicity on um, Jersey. Mm-hmm. But the difference is, is that production is not manipulating things on Jersey. It doesn't yeah. seem. I mean, they very well could be, but they're doing a better job of if it. If anything, they're doing it in an equal. They're both sides in most of the fights on Jersey, I would argue. Yeah. But like here, it seems very pointed. Nini, this is what it looks like when there's a concerted effort to get someone fired off of a show. Sure. This is not what happened to you. You were just toxic as fuck. Yeah. Um, and then Sanya and Yetta have this, like, fake fight or whatever, like, sort of, like, you know, oh, we're arguing thing. But it's, like, again, you guys are literally proving the point that, like... This like this this whole group. I love Monetta and Drew, but like this whole group would be boring as shit. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> um. Uh. They go back to the resort and they get ready for the pajama party that Trey's doing in her room. Um. Like you mentioned, it's Candy's last day in Portugal. She has concerts this weekend that she has to get to. They all start going to uh um other than Kenya. Kenya's still resting. Um. They all start going to Sheree's room. Drew has this like weird like under boob like nude illusion bodysuit thing that's like did not look right to me. Like I, I get it. It's like a slumber party. So you're like, it, it's not the most like fashion moment, but like, but apparently it was supposed to because they like in confessionals, people are like reading candy for wearing sweats. Oh, Sheree said she looked like she was from, I forgot. Oh, I wish I would have wrote it down that she looked like she was in some movie that, uh, Oh, right. I can't remember what it was either, but, yeah, but it was like, I was like, Oh, that's at least a little funny, but yeah, it's like, Whatever, like Candy's not, especially like if it's like they uh, said it's a night in and we're wearing pajamas. This is what I wear on a night in at home. Screw you. Yeah, <laughs> Candy said that the hospital basically was like the looking at the Walking Dead or something like that. Like, which it see like when Candy was describing it on Speak on it, it's just like they were just lined up on like stretchers, like in the hallways, like. So the way that all of our uh, hospitals look during COVID. Sure. Exactly that, but also you're in a foreign country where you don't know the language, yeah. and like it, I could, it's like, get me the fuck out of here. Yeah, I'm a celebrity. Get me out of here. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, Drew bring so Drew then starts to try to bring up what uh, she was told at the lunch about the stuff Candy said. Drew's like, yeah, I heard that. You know, while I was I left the table and I was really upset um, that you had said something. And Candy goes, I said and seen. Kind of Candy just being like, yeah, I said it. And? <laughs> Candy's like, you know, it didn't feel like you were having that serious of a moment. That's why I said it. And she's like, so you just going to sum me up like I need to act in that moment? Like I don't have enough acting jobs as it is? And Candy's like, it's got, you know, you've gone back and forth with a lot of women in this circle. And we see the flashbacks and stuff like that. I get Drew's point. Like Drew's like, okay, but th- wouldn't that occur then occur to you that like then it must be super serious if I am crying in that moment and like if I'm not if I haven't done that in all these years past, like maybe there was something else there. Well, yes, but her the implication was that the something else there was the fact that you were told three point two seconds before this that you needed to amp up the drama by the producers. Sure, there's that part. But Candy's like again, like she's like, I mean, I said it, you know, it was a joke, you know, I, I was trying to, I wasn't trying to drag you, but I apologize. Candy's like, I can cop to it, but I still think it's, you know, I don't agree, <laughs> like, but I can apologize, like, yeah. Candy, I love, I love how Candy stays in her truth in a yeah. way, and just like that's why I will always fucking stand next to Candy. Like she's probably, I would say, the most um, honest, the most like 
just uh, what do you um, straightforward has the most integrity? Yeah, of any housewife, I would say. Like if Candy is saying something, we'll get to it later. If Candy is saying something, I have almost certainty that it's true, or like, at the very least, she believes it to be true. Yeah. She's not going to lie to people. No. Now, she may omit things to protect someone. But that's different. But that's different. She's not going to tell us a lie. Yeah. Sheree asks Sonia about her family issues and stuff like that. And Sonia gets kind of emotional saying that, you know, you know, I, had, I feel like I'm learning that I'm going to have to let go of this old family dynamic and kind of grow up a little bit. Um, talks about that. Candy's like, how's Drop It With Drew going, Drew? And and she's like, yeah, it's going really good. Marlo's like, I hate working out, but I'll pay for a subscription just to support, you know? And then Sheree goes, well, while we're supporting, can y'all, I mean, I didn't see any of y'all's names uh, for customers for She by Sheree. <laughs> and I, I will say, I appreciate Marlo and Sonya in this whole thing, because even Marlo goes, I mean, I didn't see you at Lay Archive either. <laughs> and then Sonya's like, I mean, yeah, we'll support you. And then they all start pulling their phones to like buy something from She Buys Sheree. And but then Sonya goes, okay, but Sheree, like, look, look, I have the item, look, but I can't figure out how to like put it in my cart. Like, it's literally like, <laughs> and Sheree's being like, oh, Sonya acting like she doesn't know how to use a website. Let, let me just, let me just go to the website. Oh, I had it up the other day. It's, okay, let's see if you can actually make it to a fucking product page. Um, Sonya, as you do that, Sonya's like, you know, it's always was my intention. You know, it's always been our atten- intention to support you. And Shrey goes, so I got to keep asking y'all to support me. And Sonya's like, no, but when we went back to the site, it wasn't working. So at least Sonya's being like, you know, girl, you have to at least admit the site was fucked up. Like Marlo goes, they've been saying it's overpriced and that they felt <laughs> that it fell. It, it was off of Alibaba. <laughs> and I was like, oh, Marlo, that's good. There is no button here. To add something to it to your card. Is there really? No, there, there. It's not here. There's like you can swipe through the pictures. Uh-huh. There's a share button. Um, then you can click on the refund policy, the tax, the shipping, the description, the review, and you can ask a question. And then beyond that, it's related products. And then like down at the bottom, like you have. Useful links back to the top. Follow Sheree. Join the newsletter. That's it. There is no button to buy this thing. (laughs) How many? This was filmed and this episode was filmed how long ago? And you still didn't fix it? Wait, is it this little? Oh, my God. So it's this little thing that looks like a pop-up down here. Oh. It's this floating pop-up button that's a cart. And it looks like a pop-up. It does not look like you're... Girl, this is why ain't nobody buying your shit. It looks stupid. Yeah, and you know you've been alerted to it. Oh, my God. Uh, is like, we literally had a group chat organizing, like, oh, my God, we got to support She by Sheree when it comes out. And they show the group chat of every, like Candy and everyone. like. So it's like, Sheree, what the fuck? Like, you got to hold up your end of the fucking deal, at least, and not, you know, blame us. Like, we're trying to support you. Um, they all like, then they all just like sort of having fun drinking and like twerking and like grinding on each other. And then we get a cut that just shows production wrapped it, you know, whatever time. And then it's like one hour later. And then we get this cell phone footage, which I believe was from Marlo, which credit to Marlo at least for, Mm -hmm. for getting that up. Um, somehow the topic came up of, um, Latoya kissing Drew at the Bolo nights in season 13, right? And that, you know, Drew's basically like, that didn't happen. I never kissed her. And Candy's like, yes, you did. 
You absolutely did. Druid or Confessional is like, where is that even coming from? And the producer goes, well, I mean, LaToya said it at the season 13 reunion. <laughs> yeah. And they showed the clip of it. And Drew's like, oh, well, LaToya told me Candy told her to say it. And I'm like, okay, now we're going down the road. And also, what, so, did, like, I can honestly see that being misinterpreted as, like, LaToya being like, you know, Drew's denying that we kissed, blah, blah, blah. And Candy's like, well, then if, you know, you're going to be at the reunion, if you think you need to say it, say it. Yeah. That's probably what happened. And they're making, Drew's making it seem like she, like, told LaToya to tell a lie, basically. Mm-hmm. And what, anything can, Candy does, uh, can take a lot of things. She cannot take being called a liar. She Absolutely not. Despises that. Um, Drew in the room is like, Latoya apologized to me and Ralph for the many lies that she told. And Candy's like, in her confession, like, you are not going to make me unsee what I saw. I literally saw you two making out. And Candy's like, I don't like being called a liar. And Marlo goes, You would lie dead before you lie. <laughs> I love Marlo being like, Yeah, Candy, get her, get her. Oh, so now it's okay to to be behind Candy, Farlow. Yeah, because she sees her opening with Drew. Candy's like, I'm done, and decides to go to her room. Um, Marlo's in her confessional, and the producer asks Marlo if she has ever seen them, uh, Drew and Latoya kiss, and she goes, 80%, I did see them kiss. Eight, 80%? And the producer's like, what's the other 20? And she goes, I don't know, Drew got me confused the way she lie or act or whatever. <laughs> I, but that doesn't change what you saw. Yeah, did you see it or what? I guess she's like Drew, like gaslighted me and whatever, made me think I didn't see what I saw or whatever. And then they cut to Drew at her confessional, ask if she being asked if she ever kissed a woman. She's like, I have never kissed a woman. And then we see three months later, and we get basically what is going to uh, be the tail end of this season with the Ralph divorce and the stuff that I didn't know was attached to it which was this whole stuff about her making out with this basketball, this WNBA player and them maybe having a relationship. Ugh. Well, and then can we talk about how um, on speak on it, Candy is talking about this and how it actually came up mm-hmm. and how it was told to her off camera. See, this is what I was talking about. Candy is not going to necessarily divulge everything. Right. But what she says will be the truth. Yes. Um, so it's like she is not the one that brought it up on camera. She thought they were off camera. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So she was never going to bring this thing up on camera. But also it's already been brought up. Like it was already brought up seasons ago. Yeah, I just, I don't. I don't understand why Drew's about someone who's not even on the show right now. And it would be one thing if like she knew she was getting divorced and there was like a, um, there was like infidelity clause, infidelity clause, which, but then then Ralph has broken that. Ralph has broken that 80 million times. So it's like, I don't see, like, I don't understand. No, I just, it doesn't, there's, it doesn't make any sense. It does not come unless, it's just pure homophobia. Well, yes, there's that. And, or are you talking about on Drew's end? On Drew's end. I mean, yes, but I mean, uh, because I, I guess I, I, yeah. this cast has already dealt with stuff like that. Candy is admitted that she's <laughs> like dabbled fluid, in Lady Bond. Yeah, fluid. 
um, we'll say, because I don't know if she has any other than straight thing that she identifies as, so I'm sure. not going to put a label on her. But, like, she has had relations with women, and, like, there have been past storylines with that sort of thing. So it's like, it's not a new topic. No. It's not like this is super scandalous. Like, so you made out with the chick. Who gives a fuck? Yeah. May I hope that it just has more to do with, like, not wanting to admit that she cheated in the relationship. If not for, like, a, you know, documented legal position, but just from a moral position of cheating. But, I mean, it could have, but also, like, I feel like, oh, I made out with some chick at a party two years ago is very different than Tampa. Oh, for sure. Like, Ralph's... It's not Ralph the same. Is, Ralph is going to have no place to complain. Do you, like, like, he has n- absolutely no fucking footing. Right. Whatsoever. Also, we needed cameras on him in Vegas. Yeah, exactly. Like, it, you should have sent him a, with a crew. <laughs> I mean, honestly. He wants to be the star. He wants to be in front of the camera. Let him have it. Um, but that was Atlanta for this week. Um, let's move on to Roni, new episode of Real Housewives of New York, episode two. Um, they the I I'm glad we immediately got a Hamptons trip. I mean, the Hamptons trip is always you know a big part of original Roni. Um, we go to uh, Sai's house as Uba is stopping by as they're all getting together to go to Aaron's Hamptons house. Um, Sai has eight pieces of luggage for three days of travel uh, vacation. <laughs> <laughs> there were so many people complaining about this online and I don't get it. They were like, we would have not let her bring those in or we would have kicked her out. Why? Well, I, I, w- I would be annoyed because like Jessel arrives and she's like, where's the, I have no space for my stuff in this fucking car. And, yes. In that case, absolutely. Get your own fucking car. Sure. If you're going to bring half your closet. Yeah. But like, as far as like, Aaron kicking her out or not welcoming her or not letting her bring that. No, stuff in. it's not on Aaron. Like, why, who cares? Who cares if she changes clothes 47 times a day? Like that's, that's on her. Yeah. And let Jessel, like I said, Jessel arrives and sighs like, Oh, Uba, why did you take up so much space? And Uba's like, don't put it on me. <laughs> like you're not going to guess. Like <laughs> at least she's able to joke about it. Yeah. Um, Bryn is sick though and can't come on the first night of the trip, so she's not on this episode. She'll be right. on uh, next episode. I kind of thought it was interesting without Bryn. Like I thought this was an it kind of you know people said it felt a little filler without Bryn. I think it was an important episode in many mm-hmm. ways in terms of getting to know in depthly certain people that maybe I could see with Bryn being there. You, we wouldn't have necessarily got because Bryn takes a lot of energy. Uh huh. So I, I kind of like that part at least. Well, and it also reminds us a little bit that this group of girls is not, is different in all the right ways Mm -hmm. from the original cast, but still has that kind of vibe in a way Yeah, because this didn't feel that different from old Roni back when it was good. Not season 13. Mm. We, that doesn't exist. The lost season. The lost season. Um, but like, it didn't feel that different, you know, it felt like now there were, there like crazy drunken antics from Sonia. No, but like, we still got like these fun moments that were like felt 
you know, a little bit more grown up than maybe Bren would have lended to. Uh-huh. But also gives us kind of this idea of, oh, there's like an age difference here. And there's like a difference of like these girls can be in both modes. Right. These girls can do multiple things. And it really added a depth and breadth to this cast that I think was important and really smart of them to do. Yeah. Uh, well, smart of them to do, but it just it happened, happened because but... Bryn wasn't there. But like, and that's not to say that Bryn isn't great and that no. we don't love Bryn. We do absolutely love Bryn, but I think that this gave us an opportunity, like you were saying, gave us an opportunity to dive into some of the other girls. Yeah. Um, Aaron's getting ready at the Hamptons house and she's got the girls like monogram pajamas and stuff like that um, as gifts. We found out she basically renovated this like depressed property mm -hmm. in which like they show old photos of it. And it's like that, I mean, did a really good job. Like, yeah. you know, overhauling the whole thing. Cause it looks real modern and nice. Yeah. 6,500 square feet. Yeah. Holy shit. It's really impressive. Um, Cynthia and Felix come over. They have this like caviar company. They're caterers. Um, cause she's like, I got caviar for the girls. Aaron goes, who doesn't like caviar? You know, it's a nice bougie snack for these bougie bitches. And we'll, get, we'll get to it in a little bit, but like, you know, and obviously I'm not, I've never had caviar. I've had like beyond like, I'll have like the little, like the orange ones that you put on like sushi mm -hmm. or whatever. And I don't mind those as much, but I, but I feel like it's a different vibe. It, it is. And also like, I, I don't understand the um tendency of housewives to plan things and not inform their guests right or ask the opinion of their like you've got people coming that you are feeding if it's you a, should probably let them know what they will be eating that's not in like surprise territory that's like you no, know no, and especially especially with this cast who and like like you can't like not tell Jenna Lyons what's happening, <laughs> and and like Jenna is like in this case is lucky because she likes caviar. Sure, but like if you like, she's clearly autistic, right? And like I, I this I feel like this is just gonna end up uh, autism watch like <laughs> dun, dun, dun. spot the autistic housewives, um, but <laughs> which is really easy for me. Um, but I, if that had been something that was not good for her, because they took into account the fact that Jenna doesn't like dill, yeah, which is clearly a, a thing that like triggers her her same food thing. But Aaron doesn't get it. She's like, I she's not even allergic. It's just she she'll gag at it or whatever. It's the craziest thing I've ever heard. It's like, is it crazy? Well, but Jenna even doesn't identify as autistic. She sure. like she doesn't even probably realize that she has the same disorder that her mother did. Sure. Um but it it is um it's interesting how she took that into account, but she didn't think about asking anybody else if caviar was something that they wanted or were interested in. Right. Um, so but they're driving in the car. Uba and Jessel and, and Sire are driving in the car. Uba is basically like, it was tough for me to even agree to like stay at the house because I'm a person that like needs to sleep alone. I need my like sort of like, she's like, I was thinking of just getting a hotel basically. Yeah. Um, Sai brought toilet paper because she was like, I don't, I'm not sure what ply Aaron will Girl, have. Girl, I get it. 
I I recently like was I bought some of the cheap stuff recently because uh, I was like uh, you know save money because we broke it's it, buy a shirt invest in, <laughs> yeah invest in toilet paper like like toilet paper is the one thing you can splurge on a little bit because uh-huh. the one ply stuff is a nightmare <laughs> <laughs> it's not great yeah um uba calls aaron to ask about the food situation though of like you know what are we eating she says yeah i got like caviar for you guys and they're like uba like gags the the, the whole idea of caviar and she goes how far is provisions which i guess is like she, uba says provisions is the bergdoffs of supermarkets <laughs> which is like really okay <laughs> okay but like to me i'm just like i would like I get snacks, like s- snacks and then lunch. Like Aaron later says, like I thought, like you know, we were, we you got here at four. We were gonna go eat at seven, like you know. But it's like you don't. I still want need a little bit more than just like caviar and some cucumbers and and Pringles. Yeah, I mean, part of me is like, well, if you have like restricted food things or like you have specific things that you want for snacks, like bring that. Like, you shouldn't sure. expect people to, like, provide that for you. Yeah. But at the same time, I expect a host to reach out and ask. Yeah, that's the thing. Um, Jenna arrives in her vintage Mercedes, which was a really cool car. Um, she was like, I don't remember the last time I had a sleepover. I mean, unless something else was going on. <laughs> Get it, girl. Get it. Uh, I, love, I love her just her quips like that. Um, Aaron like offers her the caviar. She's like, look, try this. And it's the one with the dill on it. And Jenna goes, Oh, you fucking hoe bitch. <laughs> um, uh, I love Jenna so much. Aaron talks in their confessional about like, I hope the other girls can get to know Jenna the way I know her in sort of this more sort of intimate level. But Jenna tells Aaron that she's kind of nervous about this weekend. And mm-hmm. is like, you know, she's like sleeping over is different than like having cocktails. <laughs> She's like, I'm worried about, you know, not knowing what to do, that I might say something awkward, that I may just have to leave and there be like, why? Like, <laughs> uh, foreshadowing. <laughs> yeah. But again, it's like this, uh, you can, you said it. It's like, this is very autistic behavior. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you mean you're nervous about an unfamiliar social interaction situation? So you're going to sit there and have anxiety about it the entire time? Um, uh, okay. Yeah. Um, Uba's like, because Jessel is talking about, like, I've never been to the Hamptons in the fall. And Uba's like, they'll, you know, there'll be horseback riding, you know, and all that. And Jessel goes, I haven't ridden anything in a really long time. And Sai's like, when's the last time you had sex? And Jessel's like, since I had the kids. And they're like, what? Like, <laughs> and I get it. Like, it's, it is like, oh, like. Like, when you have newborns, it's hard to get. Well, and she kind of talks later. Well, Uba says in her confessional, she's like, I thought the point of getting married is getting laid all the time. I'm like, you can do that without getting married. Yes. um, But also, we will talk about Uba and her opinions on how often people should be having sex. Yes, 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 yes. (laughs) She's got a different mind frame. I'll say that. What? What do you mean? What? I don't. Uh, we'll get there. Yeah. Size, like, you know, at the end of the day, like, if it's sex or finances, if the, either of those things are fucked up, like, the relationship's over. And Jessel talks a little bit, about, it's kind of more of a self-conscious thing for her. She mentions, like, I'm my, I have my C-section scar, and, like, I don't feel, like, as sexy, you know, in terms of it. So I feel like I, I kind of felt bad for Jessel in some of the ways they were talking about her. Like, it, it kind of went on a lot, this episode. 
bringing yeah. it up. And I was like, if she, if it's a self-conscious thing that she's feeling, like maybe like be a little more. You could talk about you. You're gonna have to talk about it on Housewives, but it's like maybe be a little more sensitive about it. I was appreciative that they got. I don't remember when in the episode they got to this, but they got to a point in the conversation about this, about how before she was pregnant, mm-hmm. how because they were actively trying and like she was, I think she was on IVF or something. Yeah. yeah, yeah. They talk about it at and the dinner. So like they literally like were scheduling sex and like, it was very like when she was ovulating, it was like, okay, yeah. gotta like, we'll wait 20 minutes and we got to go again. So like she realizes, Oh, so it's not just me that is uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. He's probably feeling uncomfortable too. And getting back into sex for pleasure and sex for a romantic um, connection is going to be something that we both are going to struggle with because we both have hangups there. Right. So I need to go home and talk to my husband about this. Yes, when there are issues, you should talk to your husband. Sure. That is how things like sex and finance being off get to be a problem. Get to be a problem. It's because you don't talk about it. If you talk openly and honestly, this is going to now turn into a podcast about marital advice. But if you talk openly and honestly about any problem, you can get through it. Yeah. Like, it's not that hard. You just have to have an open and honest conversation. Yeah. And that takes humility and it takes, like, like not... Um, not having like a big ego about it and just being honest and being forthright, like being completely transparent. I've been struggling with my mental health lately, but I didn't really realize where it was. And then yesterday, Eamon and I had a great conversation about it. And today I feel a lot better Yeah, because I got it off my chest and I was honest and open with my husband about it. And we made a plan and we, you know, like, I just don't understand why people don't do that. Yeah, it's really not that hard. It's really not that hard to just talk. Like, it should be easy to talk to your partner. And if it's not, maybe look into that. Yeah, if it's not easy to have an open and honest conversation with your partner, that's an indication of something else. Yeah. Um, Sai, uh, arri- or, well, all the girls arrive at Aaron's house. Sai gives Aaron her Charmin that she brought. <laughs> um Aaron Eric Professor goes, I was raised you don't show up to anyone's house empty-handed, but I'd rather her be empty-handed than bringing a roll of toilet paper. And I love the shady editors as she says, I was raised to not show up empty-handed. Cut to Jenna's party last episode where she doesn't bring anything and says, I didn't bring anything. Yeah, that, that's, that's fair. Uh, I don't remember if it's brought up on the episode or if somebody said this online, but it was some, I remember somewhere, somehow, Someone said something about, you know, it would have been fine if she had stuffed a couple rolls in her bags yeah. and brought that. But, like, bringing the whole damn, you know, like, thing in and just handing the whole container to her, it's like, girl. It's just, a lot. Just, you have your bathroom. Have it in your, like, and just take it with you when you go to the bathroom. It's fine. Yeah. So uh, they're trying to get size luggage out of the car, and it all falls out of the car. And Jenna, in her confessional, there is nothing that surprises me about the number of bags. <laughs> Sai never wears the same thing twice. She'll probably have three outfits a day. <laughs> yeah. Uh, like, I don't know why anybody's surprised by this. I love that Sai, when they go in the kitchen, like, makes a point to tell Aaron that the spread looks fantastic. Like, it was like, yeah, God, Aaron, it looks really great. Like, because they're like, I'm not getting shit. 
from the che- uh, uh, the whole cheese board shit from last episode. I'm not doing that. <laughs> but then Cyanar Confessional going, you got the caviar on the Pringles? You're a high-low chick like that? I couldn't get a Bellini? <laughs> <laughs> Um, they get they get their uh, they get their rooms. Sai gets the smallest closet, which is <laughs> she's like, really like. <laughs> oh jeez. Jenna's like, you know, I don't really excel in groups, you know, unless I'm the boss and everyone has to listen to me. <laughs> That's a lot easier. Yeah, yeah. I, I get that. Um, Aaron's giving them the game plan for the day that they're all going to go to this restaurant, Topping Rose, at seven, um, and that you know every everything sort of laid out. Um, I forgot how it was, but like the topic of uh, like like Jenna's home life comes up and they talk about the topic of Jenna's mom comes up and she, cause Aaron's like, I'm so sorry. Like how soon did recent was it that she passed away? And apparently it was like six weeks ago. Like, so it was pretty recent at this point of, of, yeah. of filming. So I asked if they were close and Jenna's like, not at all. No. Um, and then, you know, we talked, uh, she talks a little bit more. I know you mentioned last episode that the autism community doesn't like the term Asperger's. I know they use it more in this episode. I yeah. Know, well, I is mean, there like a different, like, is it just autism? It's just autism. So basically, um, the history of that diagnosis, um, uh, Dr. Asperger was a, I think German, probably German, um, but German, doctor who was hired by the Nazis ah. to determine which of these people were still useful. Mm, okay. The people who were still useful were given Asperger's diagnosis and the other people were stuck in the camps. Gotcha. So that's why we don't use the Asperger's diagnosis sense. anymore um, because it's literally saying these people with autism are still useful and the rest of you fuck off. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's, that makes sense. It's, it's just, it, we don't like to associate with the Nazis anymore. I don't know why anybody, <laughs> some of us don't. That. I mean, I thought that would be a common uh, uh, thing in this country, but apparently that's not a, um, a universal belief system anymore. Yeah. Um, but she talks about, you know, my, how her mom wasn't able to sort of make connections with people. She, she talks about like, you know, when I met Jessel's mom, like it was like the mom I wanted basically, which I, they show like she definitely, we saw in the scene, like she had that affection for Jessel's mom and I didn't like, but to know why that is now, like I think was interesting. Um, Aaron talks to her confessional like that. It makes sense because Jenna also has those like cold moments. I mean, she like, but it is, there's warmness, but then there's also those, yeah. more, those moments. Um, Uba basically it's like, I'm going to provisions, you know, to uh because i gotta eat she's like I'm, I'm like i'm six foot like i need to be fed like you know yeah but you're also a bean pole like i don't <laughs> sure but models eat notoriously like i mean well i mean e- either they eat or they don't like sure. they either shovel it in or they have a tic-tac lunch yeah there's that um Cy brings up getting lingerie for jessel because she brought it up in the car like maybe we can get you like sexy lingerie and that'll help with the whole thing and jenna's like oh i actually bought lingerie for all you guys to as like a gift um, Aaron learns about, like, they tell Aaron about, like, Jessel's sex life and everything that they talked about in the car. And Aaron's like, do you at least have, like, a good vibrator or whatever? And she's like, no, I need to get one. And Aaron's like, oh, come on. How do you, after a year, uh, girl, Yeah, I just, I don't understand. So Jenna gifts them all these, the different lingeries. And, and Jessel is like, well, you guys all have all this, like, sexy shit. I'm going to have, like, the most cover because it's, like, a slip or whatever. Yeah. But it's still a sexy slip. Like, and it's I, still got, like, this giant, like, lace 
section through the middle that like reveals like the whole midriff. Yeah. But it starts like with that innocuous comment, right? Like, oh, you guys get all like the two piece sexy, you know, whatever, you know, but it gets worse later. It's egregious. Um, Aaron's like, well, I'll try it on tonight. And Jenna's like, well, you guys can. Like, I'm not, you know, I'm not going to do that. And then she brings up um, her genetic disorder that she has, mm-hmm. where she basically, she it's technically scarring, but it's basically like hyperpigmentation. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and she talks about like the only place she doesn't have it is like the landing strip in her chest, which is why she does all these like side boob looks, basically. Right, and the like the deep V thing. It looks great, which on her. I think she is a. I I really love her personal style a lot. She has she like, loves except the, for that premiere look, girl. I don't know what you were thinking. Oh, where she was Lisa Vanderpump swing from her from uh, Villa Rosa. <laughs> What <laughs> people were saying, like if Lisa, you know, the swing that has all the flowers on it, the like, like the pink, like oh sure, but like I think it was the combo of like this over like floofy pink thing, yeah. and then also jeans. like the the jeans, but they weren't even like tailored; they were like wide '90s leg jeans. Yeah, and it's like, what are we doing? But she loves this like mesh top over like a suit jacket like thing, and I love under it. a suit. Ja- yeah, I think it looks great. I think I it's really really chic. So chic. So chic. Um, it's the chicest wind chimes. <laughs> uh, Uba gets the provisions, but the cafe is closed. <laughs> and she's, she calls Aaron. She's like, the cafe is closed. And she's like, these motherfuckers. <laughs> I really love her. I, I feel like she's a little bit more down to earth than her cousin is. Yeah, maybe a little Chanel bit. Chanel is a little more um, head in the clouds. But they also have similar... Tendencies. They, they do have very similar. We'll get tendencies to the dinner and affectations and like it, it's great. Yeah, they're getting ready to go out, and Jess was like, "Oh, this is the bag I'll grab." And Jenna's like, "Stop! <laughs> you, I cannot have you leave with a Balenciaga bag wearing Alexander Wang. Like, you cannot mix two uh, labels like that." People were so on her on this online, <laughs> and it's like it's not because she was saying you can't wear different brands at the same time. Right. That that's not what it was about. It was because the Alexander Wang had a prominent visible label. Yeah. The Balenciaga bag also had a prominent visible label. That makes you look like you're a label whore and it does not look good. It looks cheap. Also in retrospect, uh, c- credit to Jennifer stopping her for bringing that Balenciaga bag. Right. <laughs> before everything happened. Um, but I love Jenna. Balenciaga. Jessel being like, Jenna Lyons just called me a, vas- a fashion victim. <laughs> like, I mean, <laughs> also, um, at this point, I do also want to mention the fact that um, I hate a t- head to toe label, Dorit. Anyway, uh, um, continue. At least it's one consistent label. At least it is one consistent label, but it still looks bad. It still looks like you're a label whore. Yeah. It still looks like you're wearing the thing because of the label, not because. To me, like, it needs to fit your style. Wearing wearing high fashion clothing should be about the quality and the craftsmanship and the quality of the materials and like that sort of thing. It should not be about look at me. I'm wearing Versace. Yeah, like I don't understand that. I don't get that sort of vibe. Like it feels so fake. And to me. and on Housewives, it's basically like. Showing you have more money than you actually like than you actually do, right? Like it's really just for like that. it's really a good indicator, and the fact that the the fans are not getting that 
Jenna was literally trying to protect her, not yeah. Like I think most people like found it funny, but there were uh, obviously people like to be contrarian. Y'all on Twitter love to just take the wrong side of an issue just just to fuck with people. I'm I'm just gonna say that. Um, they go to Topping Rose. Uba immediately comes in. It's like the fun is here, and then starts like trying to twerk on Jenna. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Uba then, as they go to the table, gets her compass out because she has to sit facing north. Girl. Uh, Jessel literally goes, is it Mecca? Like, what is happening right now? (laughs) (laughs) Okay. North would not be where Mecca is from New York. (laughs) Or the Hamptons. Like, it would be, you know, southwest from, no, southeast from there. Yeah. But, like. Yeah, it is pretty funny, like, the whole sitting, facing north thing. Well, I mean, I guess if you want to, like, talk about the elements, north was represented by earth, and that's more grounded. She said something about, like, a north star, like, something, like, pointing towards that. So I don't, I don't know if that, what that's based off of. Like, I feel like I've heard that. I mean, possibly, although the north star is not, is famously not in the north. (laughs) <laughs> There's that. Uh, I mean, it's in the north generally, but it's not north. Yeah, like it's anyway. Um, Uba, she talks to her confessionals like because her and Jenna aren't drinking, and she's like, she said makes a comment of like, you know, I've drank when I was younger and wasn't and it wasn't good news. She's like, and I smoked weed once and like went to jail or something. I think who and was this? Uba. Oh, okay. Uh, so it it's it felt like I was like this seemed it seemed like a comment that I was like I should remember this because it may come into play later. I don't know. But also, girl, you like this sober? Yeah. Well, <laughs> there's that. But it's like we it, it was a little because we haven't gotten much of Uba's backstory yet. So yeah. it, you know, it was interesting to see. Jenna says she just doesn't drink because she doesn't like to be hung over and she likes to be present, you know, and she feels, you know. Yeah. Um, Je- also, people were, as much as people were mad at Jenna for Wait, the label you mean, thing. You mean Jenna doesn't like feeling like she's not in control? <laughs> autism alert, autism alert. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, to me, this was more offensive than the Jenna uh, label thing. Jessel orders an espresso martini with tequila. That was disgusting. I was like, what? Martinis are famously made with either gin or vodka. vodka. What the fuck is a tequila martini? But also maybe a tequila martini, but not with espresso and like chocolate. Like Like I can even, uh, I can almost see the chocolate. I could have a conversation about the chocolate. The espresso is just, like, bonkers to no, me. I don't get it. Like, it's just wild, out of left field, what is going on. Yeah. So this this scene was really funny to me. So they basically ask him what the plan is for tomorrow. And Aaron's basically like, so, you know, we have a workout uh, person that I'm coming over uh, to do workout with us. You know, I'm going to wake up early and I'm going to make breakfast for everyone. I'm going to make shishuska. And Jenna's like, before we work out, I'll throw up. Like, no, I'm not eating shishuska. <laughs> And Aaron's like, okay, fine. We'll scrap that. We'll just only be having coffee. And Jenna's like, is there a dreamy coffee? Which I guess is like a specific coffee brand or something for Jenna. And Aaron's like, okay, I'll wake up at seven. I'll get Jenna her special coffee. And then we'll all have general layman's coffee. And Jess was like, no, I want Jenna's coffee. <laughs> and then Uba's like, well, I brought ginger tea. And Sai's like, I'll have tea. And Aaron's like, am I being fucking punked right now? Like, this is fucking ridiculous. They literally all said, fuck you and your Folgers. <laughs> Aaron just like is zoning out. And like, like just like, Fine, whatever. 
But this is why you check with people. Yeah. Um, Sai then starts. So Sai gets up and just starts taking photos for like digital content. She's doing of like the drinks and stuff like that. Apparently, apparently a tequila martini is a thing. No, no. It's I'm, a thing. I'm not going to believe it. I just edit tequila espresso martini. There it is. No, that's not real. There's no I way. I could just, I, uh, uh, this seems, uh, I can't. I can't. Sai, as after she takes her photos, like grabs Jessel's ponytail at one point, and she loved like yanking Jessel's ponytail. This episode is like we're gonna get you in the mood tonight, and then so the topic again comes up of Jessel's sex life. Right. Aaron's like, you know, you, can't you just like have like sex in the shower or something? Like if it's the kids or whatever. And Sai's like, they haven't broken the seal, and Aaron's like, Jessel, go home and fuck your husband. Like, <laughs> So this is the part. Jessel's like, yeah, it used to, because like they're like, how often? Like before, and Jessel's like, yeah, it used to be like three or four times a week. That's normal. And Uba's like, but like when you mean, you know, one night, do you mean one night, one time, or one night, eight times? And they're like, what? Well, I I don't. This is what I was like. Does what, she? You what were, do you you were like? Does as, she mean cli- you're climaxing eight times? Like as a woman, that makes more sense. Um, and if you've got a partner who is getting you there eight times, good for you. Good for you. That's amazing. Most women, most straight women do not have that experience, even for one out of four times. Well, I, I love what Aaron said. Aaron goes, I mean, sex eight times a night is probably possible if you just starfish the whole time, because that's what <laughs> Uba said last episode. <laughs> but like, I, I want to know, does she mean that she gets there eight times or the or action she, is done eight times or does she mean both people reach climax there's a refractory period and then you do it again because if that's what's happening number one there's not enough lube in the world oh no um and number two how do you have time for anything else no how are you sleeping what like wh- where and then you're also no wonder you have to eat eight million times a day because you got to keep your energy up for fucking metabolism. Like I just don't I, yeah. how how yeah. how we need more answers. And and <laughs> the, the, Andy, is, these are the questions you need to ask at the reunion. This is like the first thing that came into my mind is that clip from the the hot ones. Uh, show oh, the, with with um Jennifer uh, Lawrence Jennifer Lawrence where she's where he's doing the the dab on the last the last one and she's like what does that mean what what is what what is what does it mean <laughs> I don't what does it mean that was my full reaction like I I don't what do you mean eight times yeah what <laughs> what do you mean <laughs> so, uh, Jessel asks uh, Jenna how many times she does it and Jenna's like you know you know it's different with women and then Jessel's like so how did you know that you were attracted to women like how did you end up finding that out Jenna talks about how you know sort of her story of like you know she had her best friend who was gay and they basically were having a conversation around the time when, when Jenna's relationship with her husband was kind of falling apart and she's like by the end of the conversation like I just kind of wanted to kiss her and like i she's like and then i like was having dreams about her and stuff like that you know and this she this was around she said she was like 40 when she sort of had the had this sort of revelation um i resonated i don't know why i resonated with this a lot with me i obviously i'm not i'm barely turned 30 but like i didn't 
sort of have the understanding that I was gay till I was like 22. Mm-hmm. So like, you know, and it was like, and it was moments of like, I should have known, like, you know, back, you know, I reflect on moments. I was like, well, that yeah, makes all more the Prada bags falling out of my mouth every time I spoke. Was yeah. Just <laughs> but like, I never really had that. It, it, it 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 I love that she talked about it because it's like you do almost kind of have to have that conversation with yourself. And yeah. it really like the way I did it was like I kind of studied in a sense. Like I literally I, I basically like scientific like the scientific theory did of like I, I literally watched gay porn and then straight porn and it was like, well, now I know. Well, like that did nothing and that did everything. And then the straight porn so, like, I was yeah. literally only focused on the man, so that made sense. Um, but like, but no, I think it's an important part. Cause I think that, you know, we talk about coming out. Some people know very early on, we, you know, yeah. absolutely. But like, you know, sometimes it is a process and, yeah. and it's, you know, and you can, you can learn about that about yourself at any age and make that change. And like, you know, mm-hmm. embrace your true self at any time. She's like, I didn't even know growing up women could be gay. And like, I only thought, I thought that was interesting. She was like, I only thought of men as gay. Uh-huh. Well, yeah, because that's all that's ever, like, villainized and talked about. Right. That's true. And she's like, the, this fun moment, she goes, like, the only woman that I saw in media that was even, like, remotely gay was, like, Billie Jean King. And they're all like, who? <laughs> and she's like, oh, my. Like, she's like, I know I'm old, but you don't know who fucking Billie Jean King is? And I'm like, I'm with you, girl. That's the, they're, they're dumb on there. But <laughs> not understand. Like, the movie came out, like, what? Like, five years ago? Yeah, it's it's bonkers. It was like the day I was at um I was at work one day and mentioned like I think Gloria Gaynor mm. and nobody knew who the fuck that was. Oh. And I was like, "How? How do you not know like you know who Diana Ross is? Our education system is fucked." <laughs> <laughs> like, how do you not know the, Tina Turner? Yeah. Tina Tina? Do you know Tina? Come on. Whitney Houston, you got to know her, right? Like, come on. Yeah. You got to know these bitches. I don't, I don't understand. Uh, so I then ask her, uh, Jenna about her coming out story, and Jenna brings up, um, you know, well, basically I was outed by the New York Post, and she talked about this on The View, too, about, like, you know, it, she was like, I was in the process of, of, of my divorce, and, you know, I hadn't told my family. Like, I was about, you know, three weeks into, you know, understanding that I was gay essentially and she talks lays out the whole story about how she was basically at a restaurant with a with a woman and what they she's like i didn't even kiss her or like help hold her hand or anything but it was clearly I, m- someone must have picked up that it was an intimate conversation or whatever and basically i got a call when i was at j crew from the, our pr team basically being like we have a story th- that we're publishing can you confirm or deny and she was like offhandedly just in like fight or flight or whatever i was like confirm and so like you know, yeah. but it's just, it's like, it's so fucked up. Fuck, like, fuck the New York Post, first of all. Yeah. Like, just ge- in general. Well, um, and people were trying to, like, point at this and go, this is why we shouldn't speculate about people's um, sexuality. And it's like, mm, no. Like, I understand we shouldn't say that person's gay. They're clearly gay. But it's like, you have every right to look at someone and go, is this something that is similar to me? Right. Is this something that I can relate to them on? Because I see, I've seen that a lot with the Kyle Richards stuff. With yeah. That Morgan Wallen, and I'm like, 
we have a right to speculate. Like, like, it, we, like there was discussion and there were hints across her social media that really lent to the, the to the theory of it. That's very different than a news organization taking you know going undercover and then trying to hold this over a person's head and say you know right like that's different and and yeah but i think it's it was frustrating that like like she had said like she didn't come out to her family yet etc like it was still a process for her but she was like i was so grateful for how gracious everyone at the office was when everything happened um but she goes not my mom but everyone else and i was like oh that sucks yeah yeah Um, Jenna tells them, so Jenna then tells them like, yes, I am dating, but I'm very private about it. She hasn't, I, I'm assuming we won't see her partner on the show, etc. Sai in her confessional was like, you know, she knows my husband. Why can't I know her girlfriend? We're friends. And I'm like, I get you have to say this, but it's like, also it's housewives. <laughs> like, like people all the time, like spouses aren't, aren't housewives. Like not all the time. I think they've been kind of strict on it in certain regards. Like Kenya didn't mm-hmm. return to Atlanta that one season because Mark didn't want to be on. Like, but like. But that was, that I feel is different. There was ongoing drama there. Sure. And at that point, it was like you're removing something from television that you have already dangled in front of us. Yeah. That's different than Jenna coming in from the get go and saying, These are my boundaries. These are my boundaries. My girlfriend is not comfortable with that. So she will not be on camera. And she clearly laid that out to Bravo. And Bravo's right. like, we respect it. Yeah. You know, uh, Jessel talks about how her and Pavit uh, got together. She talked last episode that kind of started friends and then became roommates. She talked about that her mom had noted to her that he was in love with her and that she had never even saw that. Like, she was like, I didn't even view it in that way sort of thing. Um, but her mom was intuitive enough. Intuitive enough. Um, she does talk, like you mentioned that she went through basically five cycles of IVF because she was having issues conceiving. And, uh, she said she had an unidentified fertility object, which was what she was told. Um, which I get, which I guess is a thing, which with that whole stuff this week of like the UFOs hearing and so that, <laughs> I was like, uh, they probably should. I mean, it's literally a UFO that's it, it's yeah. in the title. Um, I had aliens in my uterus. Yeah. It makes it sound like that. But Jessel's like, you know, it, and I thought it was interesting. She's like, it's such a taboo in Indian culture, like not being able to conceive because it feel, it's like you're not being able to achieve a certain thing that you're destined to. So she never told her mom that she did I, I, IVF. So her mom basically thinks her child, their, her grandchildren were basically conceived traditionally. Yeah. So I thought that was interesting. Um, Hope she doesn't watch the show. Well, she's going to learn now. Um, Aaron's, oh my God. So then Aaron, Sai, and Uba go to the bathroom. And Uba, like, literally passes by because they, the kitchen run or whatever, and, like, says hi to the chef, like, goes behind into the kitchen to, like, say hi to the chef. She's like, can I taste some of that? And Aaron's like, Uba, get out of there. <laughs> like, what are Jeez. you doing? And then she goes into the pantry and steals, like, a can of coconut milk. Like, this, this is where her, you could definitely see the relation to Chanel. Yeah, that's what I was about to say. I was, was like, like, this is the kooky shit that Chanel gets up to. She's <laughs> like, they shouldn't open the door by the bathroom then if they don't want people taking stuff. <laughs> Aaron, her goes, thank God Uba does not drink. 
Yeah. <laughs> that this is her sober. And they go back to the table. And <laughs> Uba has like a big bulge in her pants and goes, Jessel, when you see your husband next. <laughs> <laughs> Jessel's like, can you keep, like, like, can you put the can on your side they, <laughs> so they don't think I'm stealing it? And Uba goes, you have a British accent. You're go- you aren't going to go to jail. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> They all decide to head back to Aaron's um, and they go to uh, get changed into their lingerie. They, they're all getting like, again, like size pulling Jessel's ponytail again. Uh, Aaron does like a handstand with like uh, Jenna, like assisting her and her tits are just like full out. <laughs> like, just <laughs> like, uh, yeah. it wouldn't be housewives if titties didn't come out. Like you were saying before, this was the closest where it like felt a little rony to me. Yeah. Like, old rony. Um, ooh, so Uba gets puts hers on it and it's like a gold slip, right? Kind of similar to Jessel's. But Uba's like, this is kind of like a grandma outfit. Like Aaron got two pieces and I got one piece. Do you see my body? <laughs> yes, but I also felt like it had like that the the cowl neck on it that like yeah. dropped really low. And it looked was, great with her skin tone, I thought. It was gorgeous on her skin. Like and it was still like it was short and it was cut low. Like it wasn't that it covered a lot. It just covered her belly. Yeah. But like she so she like kind of rants a little bit, but then she comes downstairs and she's like, Jenna, you know what? I changed my mind. I actually really love this. And she's embracing it and all that stuff. You know, being being nice to Jenna. And then, so and then so Jessel then comes down. Oh, and Lord. Jessel's like, anyone that thinks it's as sexy is like crazy. Like I feel like a Christmas tree. And yes, it is a li- like she's like, it is a large. I don't know why I had a large. Like it's you know, it is. It doesn't like fit well enough to where it's like baggy in certain places. And that is true. Like it, the but well, it's like, but it it clearly fits her in the chest, and it needs to be tailored in to fit her waist. Right, which is like normal with a gift sometimes. Yeah. Yeah, but she's like, she just cannot stop talking about how much she hates it. Just like actively, like in front of, in front of Jenna, in front of like the whole, like just orienting about how it's just ugly and like, you know, it's not my style. Also, she needs to shorten the, the straps on it because she had it fully extended. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I clocked that in the episode. It was fully extended. She could have tightened that up and it would have looked a lot better but even but again even if it didn't look the best like you're you're wearing it in a home on a girl's night with just casually whatever you don't like you really didn't have to like be this vocal about it and jenna's like it doesn't seem to me that she has any connection that what she's saying may be really rude and offensive yeah and you could tell Jenna just like not acknowledging and just kind of like shrinking. Well, it wasn't even that she wasn't acknowledging. You could see it on her face. Yeah. How hurt she was. Size so like I can see Jenna Jenna is like horrified, but she doesn't have the balls to say like, "Hey, can you guys stop?" Like like it's like but it's yeah, it's just like it went on way too fucking long. Yeah. <laughs> and it was just really uncomfortable and not the most um couth thing to do um but overall that that was uh roni really good episode i'm loving this new franchise um yeah just solid solid stuff overall yeah i'm excited to see Bryn back in the mix next episode um yeah it's gonna be really good Uh, we're gonna take a quick commercial break and then when we come back we are talking the newest episode of real housewives of orange county don't go anywhere Well, hello, friends. I'm your pal in the mainstream media. And, and I'm the Riz. And, you know, Riz, it takes years of strenuous, dedicated training before you're worthy to step inside a professional wrestling ring. But it takes even more time to develop 
complex, highly astute opinions about professional wrestling. Am I right? That is correct. Yes. And you know where we can find that? Yes. On the Wrestling Man. That's right. I'm Eamon. I'm Merlin. And if you're anything like us, you live your life out loud. And when it comes to issues of discrimination, inequity, and outright bigotry, we use every platform we have to speak out against systems of oppression that perpetrate violence against marginalized groups. That's why we are so proud to wear designs from the Survivors Know merch store. Their team has created designs that feature unapologetic, empowering, and survivor-centered messaging that range from mild, like accountability is love and toxicity is not on the menu, to a little more spicy, like one of my favorites, fuck your laws, fuck your system, transformative justice now, which has a cute little happy flower on it. Each design is available on a variety of items from t-shirts and hoodies to bags, blankets, magnets, and even stickers. And as more items become available, the options will continue to grow. 100% of the proceeds go back into supporting the amazing work done at Survivors Know to support survivors, workers, and survivor advocates by organizing, challenging the status quo, and creating alternatives to the systems that fail us. Support Survivors Know by shopping today at SurvivorsKnow.Threadless.com. That's SurvivorsKnow.Threadless.com. Sidekick Media Services. We are your sidekick in business for social media, video production, and more. Find out more at SidekickMediaServices.com. Welcome back to Again is MB. Let's slip and slide over to the OC where we have some fun in the sun on Orange County. Another good episode of Orange County. We love to see it. This has been a really, really great season. Um, and it continues this episode. Uh, we start the episode we start the episode by Emily and Shane getting waxed. Which was on all the places. All the all the it, too many places for, for us to see, I would say. I I I, I, I didn't need the whole, like, legs in the air, like, discussion about not liking hairy butts. No. Um, hairy butts need to be, like, more appreciated. Hairy butts are great. Sure. But I get it for, like, it's not Emily's vibe. Um, she t- She's talking about, like, like, literally as, like, they're, because Shane's getting his, like, nose hairs waxed and stuff like that. Emily is, like, getting hers done. And as she's, like, getting, like, the wax put in her nose, being like, so I have this pool party at your mom's uh, house that she let us. Like, I love anytime, like, it's, like, the housewife has to explain the party, mm-hmm. like, in this, like, but, like, the awkwardness of just in the middle of this waxing session, just, like, waxing poetically you could say <laughs> about what we're gonna see this episode it's very kelly mantle like going "Ooh, girl like uh well, oh what's mama that? My, my family drowned in the ocean it's like oh that's awful <laughs> so good she's like you know i thought you know i would get an adult slip and slide we would be able to have some fun you know for after everything that happened at the nobu party and i will definitely hide all the napkins though <laughs> <laughs> uh shane shane makes the point is that emily should get her butt waxed and you know because he doesn't like a hairy butt but emily does confirm that shane is a butt man and they just show the compilation of him just like slapping her on the ass like like all season and and like beforehand <laughs> like which again i really love shane now yeah he's great. like i really love how he has had like this um really has this ease about him now mm-hmm. Um, and he's able to be more himself. Um, Emily talks about it on Watch What Watch What Happens Live. Um, 
from Wednesday. Um, and it's just about him getting more comfortable in front of the camera and realizing that this is going to be good for them and their family. And, yeah. Um, that it's not going to tear them apart, that they're really just closer together now because of being on Housewives, which is honestly rare. Mm-hmm. Very Because rare. we've seen many a family get torn apart by being on Housewives. But Emily's family really seems to be thriving. Yeah. Um, and it, it's really nice to see. Um, he's really coming out of him shell, his shell and is more... Um, uh, comfortable and is more like just more honest about himself. Well, I, I think what you mentioned about like the it sort of ruins relationships and certain. I think it exposes bad parts that are already there that may lay dormant. And but I think if you're good people, like and, yeah, and I think like he had good, in, but he probably had good intentions of being like opposed to reality television, and, like you know that the idea of it. But they still are pretty good people at the end of the day, so it ends yeah. up working out. Um, Emily's like, well, I'm glad I'm getting my ass uh, uh, waxed because it'll be great timing with the pool party. And Shane's like, you'll be the fastest on the slip and slide. No friction. You'll just go, woo. <laughs> it was fun. We go to the pier um, and Jen uh, is uh, basically doing like a, I, I, I was going to say a play date, but they're old enough kids where it's not that. But she takes her son Grayson to meet with Taylor and her daughters, Alexis and Kennedy, which I was like, Holy shit, Kennedy is 16. Like, she was four when she started on Beverly Hills. Like, it's... Like, the Mad Hatter party was literally season one. Yeah. And I just... That blew my mind. And it's like, God, Kennedy has to have some stories. Oh, my God, the stories. Yeah, it's, you know... Kennedy needs... I need her to write a book. Yeah, oh, for sure. Her and Vicky's daughter both need to write books. Yeah, obviously, like, Taylor... And Taylor's a friend of, so it's not, you know... But it's like, you know... I I couldn't imagine getting to the point to talk about it, but it's like... I mean, but... But when it's documented on television, like, it's also got to be, like, triggering in that sense but clearly taylor's gonna be a full housewife next season i gotta right? imagine taylor ha- taylor's earned her orange i think this yeah. season. uh jen talked about how she's kind of bonded with taylor you know they feel like they're like long lost sisters from oklahoma and and have that same vibe jen says in her confessional you know taylor calls me big daddy i don't know why she calls me big daddy but that's my name <laughs> um shannon arrives um t- she, she Shannon makes a comment like, "Oh, you didn't get get like a corn dog." And Taylor's like, "No, I decided best not to maybe do the corn dog." You know, after the cotton candy moment, and they flash back to the cotton candy scene from season one of Beverly Hills. Good on the editors for showing Mauricio being Going, a fucking yeah. creep. <laughs> yeah, he's like, "Yeah, you eat that." Yeah, yeah, that's fair. Uh, God, it's a fucking scene. Uh, Shannon. Shannon's like, okay, so what about like that dinner at Nobu? Like how everything went? And Jen's like, it was just all a blur to me at the end of the day. Like we cut to uh, the. Oh, that's because you had a napkin in your face. Yeah, it, it'll get blurry. Um, <laughs> uh, Tamara is going shopping with Heather, and Heather is looking for hostess gifts for Emily for the party and stuff like that. Heather talks about like, I feel like I was on an apology tour at Nobu, and they show the the editing of just her going, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, like over and over again in different scenes. <laughs> it was pretty good. Yeah. Tamara's like, Heather's like, so what, what is with you and, and Jen? Like, what, what's that whole thing about? And Tamara's like, look, there's one thing, you know me, there's one thing I can't deal with, and that's a goddamn liar. And I'm like, okay, Tamara, but... So... 
can you not stand yourself? Do you avoid mirrors like the plague? <laughs> like, is that what's happening? Um, Shannon is asking Jen if, you know, were you, it felt like you were insinuating that Tamara was like flirting with Ryan and I could see like t- why Tamara would be upset. And she's like, no, that wasn't the point. Like I was just trying to make the point of like, we were making comments, the three of us. Like, so like, you know, like we said last week of like, you know, you can't be like, well, Ryan said this and now I'm offended when you were also matching yeah. it. And Jen's like, Jen then talks about how her and Tamara would basically give Heather a mean shit all the time and be like, you know, yeah, I know you say you're like brothers with Ryan essentially, but we know that you were getting it on essentially, like te- teasing them, to her, mm-hmm. claiming that her and Tamara were doing that. And J- the producer asked Jen in the confessional, like, did you believe them? And she's like, I believe them now that they weren't together, but not from the beginning. Like, I, like in the beginning, I thought something was up. And she's like, I think. Heather was in love with Ryan because that's the only thing that makes sense to me because I don't understand why someone else would be that concerned with another person's relationship. Literally. I mean, it's either that or she wants to get on the show. Well, possibly. Yeah. Um, Jen basically texted Heather after Nobu and we see Tamara reading the text to Heather, uh, Heather Dubrow. And uh, she's like, your name is the source of all capital letters information. I truly think we should talk this out. And then later says, I'm sure from a personal and professional standpoint, you would not want us sharing any of your personal info. And Heather's like, well, that Heather Debro is like, well, that sounds like a threat. And I get why it sounds like a threat, but I don't think it was intended as a threat. Yeah. To me, it's more of a, hey, I'm sure you wouldn't like it if this happened to you. Yeah. Not a, hey. Watch out or we'll share your shit. Yeah, yeah, Like, yeah. that's not what was happening. Right. Tamara then tells uh, Heather DeBrow that she's bringing Heather Amin to the pool party. And she's doing it to claim, like, you know, I want to fix things. I want all of the three of us to be friends again. And so if we can get to that point. Again, Tamara has an excuse. Like, I, um, I, but I credit her. I credit her at this point. She has an excuse for everything. She, like, has explained in her head every scenario that she, why she's doing something that's clearly fucking shady, yeah. but has enough of an excuse that makes sense to where it's, it's really fucking seamless. Yeah. And she's like, you know, it feels bad. You know, I feel bad for throwing the, ma- the napkin at her. No, but- you don't. Sorry, what? I was like, no, you don't. No, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah, but she was drunk. She was drunk. <laughs> That's the third time she's used this excuse. But like again, like you have to act drunker. I'm sorry. Like, but she's like, but you know, I felt bad for it, but do not mess with my fucking marriage. Jen, we got the Jen and Jen's getting emotional. It's like I can't deal with this at the end of the day. I can't wrap my ha- right my head around it. And like I have a family to take care of, and I can't you know have all these problems in terms of Tamara you know instigating this stuff. You don't get to act high and mighty about somebody messing with your marriage when they weren't sure. When you are actively trying to demolish someone else's relationship, yeah. Like you, like you can't. But that's not how this works. So yeah, Tamara doesn't. Well, and not just with Jen. She does. She she. It's kind of across. The, well, not across the board, but with another relationship uh, on the show. We'll get to later. She kind of has the same issue. Shannon basically says, like, you know, to you know, I understand how hard it is for Jen, like, with everyone talking and like thinking they're like experts in your life. And Shannon's like, if Jen is happy with Ryan, I wish them well. Like that should be the end of it. Yeah. Um. We go to Gina and Travis, who are meeting at the park with Matt and his girlfriend, Britt, who is definitely not Kelly Dodd on a juice cleanse. I was like, what the fuck? Like, I really did think that was Kelly Dodd. I was like, oop, jump scare. It was like, it's like, 
are they do they make Kelly Dodds in like a factory? Like what is happening? <laughs> I mean it would make sense. Um Gina talks about how like she's glad having like this blended family. She's like Brit's a really important part of my kids' life. Like you don't mess with Brit essentially, which is good. Like I like have like the idea of like, you know, these two sides mm-hmm. being able to coexist in that kind of way and, and and not just coexist, but like sort of build their own friendship and relationship. Um, Gina talks about how Matt has lost some financial certification certifications because of his domestic violence charges. Um, and then, you know, that she's been, you know, Gina helped them get lowered to misdemeanor. She had talked about that in previous episodes to try to, and so that's him attempting trying to get those certifications back. Um, Gina says that she's spoken with her therapist since coming back from Montana and that the sort of crux of what she got from it was that the infidelity aspect of the th- of the breakup with Matt was more the issue than the, than the domestic violence that that part kind of that the the actual cheating was something that she wasn't able to necessarily cope through and recognize and yeah that's probably fair i mean yeah i mean especially because the domestic violence thing was a one time thing it wasn't a pattern yeah um which seemingly. is seemingly right um which you know like violence like it doesn't get to that point without there being precursors sure but like it's also good to know that this wasn't something that she was suffering through in silence for a long time yeah um that <laughs> of course my brain just goes to the were you silent or, or were, were you, you silenced? silenced um but uh it instead is about the betrayal. Yeah. And and that makes sense. You know, it, it makes sense that that is the deeper wound. Yeah. And then that you had sort of like maybe like a fight or flight in a sense to where right. you had to get past this part. So like you didn't focus and deal with the other part. Um, Gina and Travis had like kind of a fun argument over whether Gina cooked them like a real Italian meal because of the last time she cooked. She's like, I'm literally Italian. So like, yes. Um, it, it was a cute little argument. Um, we go to Tamara and Emily who are getting drinks at like this dive bar. Um, Tamara and em- they talk about how they're sort of glad that they're friends now. Tamara just like, even though you, I mean, you called me Lucifer and they show that flashback from seasons past. <laughs> so I like their friendship. I thought they were really cute on watch what happens live together too. I really did. Like too. I, I actually think it's, they're, they're very similar in many ways. Like they, yeah. they talked about like sort of their anger aspect, but I also think, in their calculatedness. Yeah. I think they, they operate on that same wavelength in many ways. So I, I think Emily has not gotten the credit in seasons past no. that she deserves. Um, and I honestly think that if Tamara ever were to want to completely walk away from housewives, I think Emily is the one person who could possibly emulate that vibe. Yeah. Correctly. And I think Gino, I actually think Gina wants to be that. I think Gina's a little more sloppier about it. Well, like I yeah. think I think like like partic- like I can tell this season Gina's like coming for Tamara pretty hard and sort of like hinting things to Heather and hint- but it's very like like Tamara and Emma, well we're seeing this conversation of like pinning something on someone else and letting it like sort of ride out. Right. Well, a part of it is that I think Gina is like looking at things the way that the viewers see things. Which, from our perspective, it's pretty obvious what Tamara is doing. Sure. But in the moment, it's not. She has crafted 
this ability to be very obvious to the camera mm-hmm. while the people in front of her don't see what she's doing. Yeah. And it's such a nuanced performance that it it's really campy. Yeah. Honestly. Like it's it's one of the reasons I can't be mad at her because it's such a masterful performance. Right. It looks so obvious to us, but then everyone else is just going along with it. And it's like, what is going on? Yeah. Well, they, so then they do that exact thing in this scene with Shannon, right? So Tamara basically says that, like, you know, I, we went on, me and Eddie went on a double date with Shannon and John, and Eddie kind of, like, grilled them a little bit about, like, are they going to move in together? What's the future look like, et cetera? Um, we see, like, little clips of it. Emily then brings up that Heather had basically told her things that Shannon told her about John. And that Tamara, ba- Tamara's, like, confirms this, and is like, she told me these things as well, and I think she told Gina or somebody else. Emily's like, you know, but it, it kind of is a precarious thing because, you know, with Shannon's relationship, it's like Fight Club. The first rule of Shannon's relationship is you don't talk about Shannon's relationship, which that's fair. Um, Tamara's like, you know, I felt Heather was coming from a place of gossip and not from a place of concern, which I find hilarious that she is saying that. Because yeah. how many episodes ago was it where she was talking with Eddie at Cut about Shannon and John's issues? Yeah. Also, but, she, but in fairness, she at least acted as if it was coming from a place of concern, right? right. She at least like framed it in that way. Also, who? I, I'm sorry. Um, I'm I'm just trying to remember who was it that brought those things on camera. Well, that's the. <laughs> like, that, I don't. I like the way that they're talking. It's clearly Heather. Yeah, but I don't remember Heather doing that. That's I've the, not seen that scene. That's the amazing thing about this whole thing. Heather gets positioned as the evil person who is talking about Shannon's relationship when she has not mentioned anything on camera. She has not brought anything onto screen. Tamara and Emily have literally done that in this scene, which is the thing that would piss off Shannon. Right. As we see at the end. That's the thing that would piss off Shannon. Because Shannon has no problem discussing those issues with like she literally tells Tamara and Vicky later I will talk to you but not on camera yeah so she has no problem talking about this thing with her friends so it's real but the fact that's the thing it's and it's really Tamara and Emily and also but they brought up there was a question on watch what happens live about like you got all of you guys have been discussing Shannon's relationship like behind the scenes quote unquote not to her face and discussing things why is it different with Heather? Like, but like you're all, they are the only ones bringing it on camera. Right. And that's the, but it's like, but they have crafted it in such a way where it's now Heather's fault. Right. And it's see, see when Heather does it off camera, sure. You could question whether it's for gossip or for genuine concern, I guess. But, but also but it's like, great. Cause I mean, but you there's can't question- no reason to bring it up on camera for anything other than gossip, but much like the other thing with the Jen stuff with Tamara, like I will Tamara saying is like, I felt it was coming from a place of gossip, not a place of concern. Great. We have no way to confirm that because it's not on camera. Right. So it could be from a place of gossip. Like, like there's a question when things happen off camera, yeah. Whether you know what the motivations are, but there's no motivation for bringing something off camera on camera mm-hmm. except for gossip, yeah. 
except for a storyline. Well, Tamron's like, I think it makes me think that Heather's not being a good friend to her. And I think Shannon needs to know about this. So again, she's also crafted why she's going to bring this to Shannon on camera. Right. It's it give it's masterful, masterful. We cut to uh, Emily's mother-in-law's house as Emily's getting set for the party. She has a champagne gun, (laughs) which like, wow. Yeah. That is, that is bougie as fuck. Um, we get these like short scenes. Shannon's getting a spray tan in her yard, just in her front yard. And it's just like titties in, out, titties out with a towel around me. Like, Oh, I don't want to give the neighbors a show. Then why are you in your front yard? Go in your like, well, may, I guess you don't, I, her house is pretty white. So maybe that's, I don't know. Um, well, I mean, it's orange County. Everyone's white. Well, yes, except for Kelly Dodd. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, <laughs> Ryan uh, is FaceTiming Jen as she's getting ready and like reassuring her, being like, oh, you, I'm sure you'll do great, etc." And Ryan goes, by the way, honey, um, I need all the ladies' phone numbers because I have a new dick pic I'm working on to send them, which I'm like, that is funny. I feel like that's going to be used against you. I feel like it is too, but I also thought it was funny. Because I was like, oh, that is a good joke. But then I also remembered, oh, we got really mad with Sandoval when he kept making jokes about like, you know, Remember, he would always make jokes. Lisa, you want to join? Like Sheena, I'm, I'm, you know, I know I have an open relationship, but oh, maybe I was thinking about getting you and Brock together. Like he would make jokes throughout the season when he was clearly fucking Raquel. Yes, but I feel like that's, and maybe something will come out later that you know we look yeah. back and look at it and go, oh wow, that's gross. But like with the information we have now. All we know is this thing, like this thing is yeah. funny and these like At Jen the- and Ryan are not taking it seriously and they are making a joke out of it because it's fucking stupid. Yeah. At the end of the day, I trust Jen. Pure- I, I trust Jen and I trust her evaluation of the situation. Is Ryan possibly some masterful, you know, like manipulative guy that's like really pulling the wool wool over her eyes, possible, but I don't see it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, she seems a lot more shrewd than that. Yeah. Get uh, guests start arriving to uh, the ha- the um, backyard for Emily's party. I th- can I say Heather's attire was so fucking weird for this this pool party. She had like a it was like, I guess a jacket, but it was like oh it looked like a white button up t shirt. Like and she had like that one weird like braided ponytail that didn't look that like it was I like I can't even remember what it she was, was wearing. To it be just honest. was so odd when everyone else is just like you know two piece like you know skin showing and it was like she was like a Mormon at like a like like you know it was like so covered up. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, Emily apologizes to Heather. Uh, we should. Well, we see that Emily apologized to Heather the day a day ago about being aggressive at the, at Nobu and stuff like that. And like, you know, that, you know, she's working on that. And that's been a topic for seasons of Emily's aggressive side and and stuff like that. Um, they check in on Jen as Jen. Arrived. I wonder how much of that is because she's plus size. Well, used to be plus size. Yeah. Well, I maybe. But I mean, she she is willing to pop off. But I mean, but I, like rightfully so. Like, but I will say that plus size people have like that negative stereotype. Sure. Of you're either a pushover or you're aggressive. Yeah, that's fair. 
Um, they check in on Jen. Jen's basically like, you know, I feel like something, you know, the stuff with Tamara is just something personal. Like it, she has something like personal out for me or something. Heather, um, there's this weird moment. Heather introduces herself to Emily, Emily's mother-in-law. It's like, oh, it's a beautiful home. Thank you for having us, whatever. She walks up with like another woman and she's like, is it, I, I feel like this is exactly who Heather DeBro is. Like kindness without understanding what she's saying. She goes, isn't she stunning? I think she's almost 80. I was like, you don't know her age. <laughs> well, but like, like just calculating off of the ages of her, her children. Emily's not that. Or, well, I guess Shane. Shane is like 40? Uh, I don't know. Well, we'll have to look that up. Um, Tamara, well, so Emily uh, is talking about like, because the topic again of Tamara throwing the napkin. Tamara, and Emily goes, Tamara had too much to drink. We've all been in that situation. And then they cut to the montage of Emily, every fight that Emily's been in every fucking season. Her yelling at Kelly Dodd, she's going to kill her. And like, like yelling at Nicole at Heather's house. And I'm like, okay, but like, I feel like you're proving my point, which is like, in none of those situations, Emily, were you drunk? Yeah. And in my view, none of these situations has Tamara been drunk. That's just me, though. Um, Gina tells Jen, like, it seems like to me, like, Tamara wants you to pay for something. And like, and just like, but for what? She's like, I don't know. Um, and then Tamara then arrives with Heather Amin. And so the, uh, there's kind of an awkward-ish introduction. Like, Jen says hi, et cetera. But it's like the vibe is is off. Um, Emily's talking with Heather and a group of, of the other girls. And I forgot how it came up, but like like Emily's like, you know, talks about that. She's filmed sex with Shane before. Like they have like a sex tape. Mm-hmm. <laughs> They've done cash. And Heather is just like, so shocked by this. And Heather and Emily's like, yeah, I'll watch it back sometimes. And be like, Oh God, the room is too big or whatever. And Heather's like, you watch it. Heather's like, I couldn't, I can't even like, watch myself on sitcoms. Like, <laughs> which I'd love Heather slipping in there. By the way, I'm an actress. <laughs> well, and then she also says, you know, I feel like I'd just be looking to camera the whole time and then like does this like a full cheesy face over her shoulder. Yeah. And it's like, I kind of want to see this now. That would be fun. It would be the most hilarious thing in the world. Also, Shane is 48. Okay. Yeah. Um, Jen pulls uh, Heather Amin to the side, which I thought I was like, okay, so Jen's initiating this. Like Jen's initiating this mm-hmm. conversation. She's not running from it. She's not, you know, whatever. Jen's basically like everything that, you know, Tamara throws out about Ryan seems to be coming from you. And Heather's like, you know, but it's not just coming from me. And Heather brings up the text and feels like Jen threatened her. Um, you know, and, and Heather reiterates again, like you're assuming all this information is coming from me. They, no, we're not assuming it's yeah, coming from you. It's we were literally told by Tamara that it came from you. There was no assumption. Yeah, they do show the the montage of every time Tamara's brought something up, it's always been Heather Amin, Heather Amin, every single time. So that's fair. Like you have a problem with Tamara. Yeah. You need to go talk to her and tell her to keep your name out of her mouth. Yeah. Uh, they talk about the dick pic thing and Jen's like, you have to know that it was a mistake that, you know, that it was meant for me at the end of the day. And Heather, I mean, goes, I mean, you're playing this dumb role. And he- Jen's like, I'm not playing any role. I'm not like, like it's kind of trying to start something. Um, <laughs> oh my God. So Heather DeBro then walks over to the rest of the group and she's like, yeah, I just walked past like Jen and Heather and they're talking and Tamara goes, do I need to go over there? And Emily's like, do I need to escort them out? And Heather's like, no, no, I just, 
but wait, wait, and they just get up and go over, and Heather's like, "What? I, why do we do it? What? <laughs> like, like well, and then Tamara's in confessional. It was like, you know, I brought Heather to this party so that the three of us could. Uh, why? You don't need. This is not about you. Shut the fuck up and stay out of it for once. Yeah, Tamara. But this was good. So Tamara sits down next to Heather on their uh, lounge chair, but Shannon then sits next to Jen simultaneously. I also love how. Tamara and Heather are both wearing pink and Jen and Shannon are both wearing black. And I'm like, so is this Barbenheimer? What is this going on? (laughs) That is perfect. Uh, That's a good tweet. Save that idea for a tweet later. Um, Heather basically says that, um, you know, Heather Amin says, I'm just trying to explain, like, I'm not trying to sabotage you. And Heather basically is like, I, you know, you're not being honest. And Jen's like, what am I not being honest about? And Heather goes, you want to go there? Jen goes, oh my God, I asked this the night before and I got a napkin in my face. Like, yeah, like, like, like just fucking say it. Yeah. Heather brings up the break um, hookup. The, the thing that, he- that was like, you know, Heather Dubrow was like, you were like Ross and Rachel on a break or whatever. And he hooked up with someone. Tamara and her confessor was like, they're not on a break. What is this friends? You didn't break up. You cheated on her and got caught. And then Jen, I thought this was kind of interesting. Jen and her confessional goes, it's not like I'm like, oh, we were on a break. It pisses me off and it hurts. But this isn't like some Nancy Drew mystery solved and you just gave me this new information. So that was interesting to me. It's the first time that she has said something other than the we were on a break. It makes it seem like she is the we were on a break is something she is kind of telling herself. Because if you notice, like, at, when that conversation happened with Heather Dubrow and Tamara, where they brought that up originally, Heather is the one that originally introduces the concept that they were on a break, well, that it was right. like a Ross and Rachel thing. And part of me thinks that, may, it, it's from the way that Jen put that, maybe it is something she's struggling with in terms of, yeah. like, I kind of like, when remember when Ariana was like, I kind of accepted the Miami girl thing because I told myself that we weren't exclusive at the time. Right. And so therefore, but how much of that is... I, I want to say that she mentions at some point, probably in confessional, about, probably right here in this confessional, about how, um, you know, just because we were on a break doesn't mean we were seeing other people. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think that she's accepting that, yes, we were on a break, but we did not clarify what that meant. Right. And so I can't hold him accountable for that, even though it hurts me and I'm upset by it. Yeah. And I think that that's what she's saying is she's, you know, like, yes, we were on a break, but we weren't broken up. We weren't seeing other people like, but I didn't tell him that. So how can I like hold him accountable? Right. I can't apply rules after the fact. Even though I had an understanding of what I meant by that, he clearly had a different understanding. Yeah. And in his heart, he was not cheating on me. He was not meaning to go out and break the rules of our relationship because he thought... Everything was fine. Everything would be fine in that situation. Yeah. Heather's basically like, I would be devastated if someone brought, Heather, I mean, said, I would be devastated if someone brought that to me and you had zero reaction. They cut over to the other women watching this from the side and Gina's like, why is Shannon in this, by the way? 
And Heather's like, do we suck for not going in and helping? And Gina's like, I feel like there's no room in the chairs. (laughs) (laughs) Seating is a wonderful reason to stay out of it. But it's fine. We, We need like the... The um, peanut cheap, gallery, the the cheap seats over there, like just giving commentary. We the what are the the Muppets? Oh, Statler and Wardorf. We, we need the big Statler and Wardorf over there, like just giving us commentary and chuckling over to the side, so that you're not in it. Because if you're in it, you can't make those comments, right? Shannon t- is telling Heather, Amin, and Tamara, like, it's hard to take it in when you're, you know, you're happy in a relationship getting this information, like, thrown at you. And Tamara then rolls her eyes, <laughs> which, yeah. Tamara basically is like, look, I never hit, tells Jen, like, I never hit on Ryan. And Jen's like, I know you did it. That wasn't the point I was making. And then reiterates what she was saying. Now Emily comes in. And then slowly, like, everyone starts to then come into this conversation and just surround them. And then they, and then at one point Shannon's like, maybe it should just be Jen and Tamra talking. <laughs> like maybe that's the best idea. Um, <laughs> I love that they all leave, and Taylor is like eating food, and she's like, I feel like I'm fucking married to Ryan. Like I'm fucking sick of Ryan. I don't even know him. <laughs> Tamra apologizes to Jen for throwing the napkin at her. Says she's been crying and beating herself up about it. Where have I heard this before? Yeah. Oh. That's right. Episode one. She's really great at like squeaking her voice and sort of scrunching her face slightly, but there really aren't that many tears coming no, out. None at all. Uh, Tamara says she just wants her to be honest and strong. And Jen's like, I've been trying to move forward, but things keep being brought back up and, and to, et cetera and all that. And gets emotional and they both kind of get emotional with each other. Jenner confessional though goes, this cycle keeps repeating itself. Shame on you for hurting me once. Shame on me if I keep letting you do this. Yeah. I don't know. I'm taking notes. <laughs> yeah. Good for her. Yeah. And then, so then Emily decides to get the slip and slide out <laughs> and shoot the champagne gun of people as they're like going on it. And, but they, Emily and Gina first do it. And then Shannon and Heather are like, oh no. And Shannon's like, the water's a little murky because <laughs> of all the spray tan that's like come off and the champagne. Like, you're not supposed to do the spray tan the same day that you're getting. Like, you got to do that. You got to let that shit sink in a little. Yeah. You can't. Jen uh, decides she's going to duck out of the party early. And she's like, I can't fake it, basically, like some of these other girls can. You know, bye. Um, They all start going in the slip inside and all that. Tamara gets her tits out. (laughs) Of course she does. Not surprised. Heather and Shannon eventually decide they're going to do the slip and slide. So Shannon's like in her Spanx. And Heather has this full wetsuit. Emily said in her confessional that Heather was looking like a whale trainer at SeaWorld. <laughs> Which also explains the weird-ass um, get-up that Heather had on, because she had this underneath yeah. it. Yeah, but it was very much a sense of, like, I don't want to touch the pores water. <laughs> like, <laughs> not on my skin. <laughs> the pores. I feel like she could have, wor- like, she would have worn a burqa if she could have. <laughs> <laughs> well, they they have swimsuits, yeah, for for um, Muslim women or other women who choose to wear hijabs or whatever, yeah, um, that are like the full head, like everything, and they're they're gorgeous, like they're really cool, and I think that that would have worked better for her. Yeah, she than wanted this. she wanted nowhere near that water. Um, jet, we we get like these like quick flash of scenes. <laughs> You were dying laughing. So they show Jen and Ryan at this intuitive healer. Oh my God. Basically being like trying to get their energy right. And what is the, she's like, are you, are you willing to accept like, you know, 
spiritual, whatever, like uh-huh. bullshit. And she, <laughs> e- this like incessant e- hum. And the be- well, okay. And then the best part though is like she's doing this, and Jen and Ryan are just staring at her. They're not. Eventually, they like close their eyes to like get involved, but they're just like staring deftly at her. <laughs> And then they cut to something else and they come back and it does it. It's too much. It literally sounded like like one of those old vacuum cleaners. Mm-hmm. Like that's incredibly loud and like scares your pets. Like yeah. it's one of those. Right. It was awful. Um, we go to Gina and Travis's house as they're having date night. Um, Gina's cooking and she talks about how her family would be upset to know that she's cooking with jarred sauce. Uh, which... I mean, jarred, like, is it prego or is it like a nice, like, you know, even look, even if, if you're using jarred sauce as a base and you are adding spices and herbs and stuff to it, basically all you're doing is taking out the step of stewing the tomatoes yourself. Right. But most, I mean, most Italians jar their sauces like in bulk. So it's like. It would be one thing if, like, like you're not making it from scratch every single fucking time, like, like, so, like, right? You do like big batches, yeah. So it de- it just depends on either the brand or like where you, you know. To me, like, I don't think it's that insulting. I I use jarred pasta sauce, but I sure. also, heavily, but you're not claiming to be Italian. I'm not claiming to be Italian. Number one and number two, I heavily season the sauce in the jar. Sure. So, yeah, um, Jean, we find out Gina's passed three of her prerequisite exams uh, for her real estate license and that she has to take the final exam now or the state exam. Um, and then she'll be able to start selling real estate. Um, Gina talks about how she's uh, they, they talk about, you know, how she, she feels like she's in a better place now with uh, Matt or with uh, Travis and stuff like that. And how she's been able to process the Matt drama. She says a lot of it was from her stopping drinking and stuff like that. And sort of like getting clear headed in that regard. And that she's really happy where she is now. Which, by the way, like that, we didn't talk about that moment on Watch What Happens Live when Gina was on last week or two weeks ago. Where they fucked up the Shotsky. <laughs> and and G, and Gina got like a... a whatever oh, right, it. right. And, and Andy was so pissed at his you could tell Andy was just like someone's getting fucking fired (laughs) yeah I mean but like you fuck with somebody's sobriety like that stop I just think also stop doing the shot skis when sober sober people are I mean just stop doing the shot ski nobody gives a fuck about that I mean do it if people want to do it but But like like, if you want to do shots with everybody, fine, bring over shots. But I think the whole shotski thing is dumb. But like they had like, cause they had like Lala on like whatever. And like she did water or whatever, but it's mm-hmm. like, just, it's just to me, it would be weird. I don't know. Yeah. That's just me. Um, we then go to Tamara getting lunch and we see Vicky and, and I loved the first thing Tamara runs in and goes sugar tits. <laughs> and they <laughs> hug. It was great seeing Vicky back. Vicky like, Oh, before they even got there, already got them shots of tequila. Yeah. Getting things started correctly. Um, we find Vicky gets a confessional, which I was happy about. Um, she tells us a little bit about like what her kids are doing now and stuff like that. And how Brianna's in Illinois now. Um, she's dating this new man named Michael. Um, she, t- the, the, she, the producer asked about the sex and she says the sex life is great. Can't you tell? And they show a close up shot of him. I mean, if she's happy, she's happy. <laughs> like, but, uh yeah he 
but we've seen the the kind of men that she finds attractive. I so. love I love Andy on Watch Raven's Eye being like he's not she's not buying him teeth, right? <laughs> and Tamara's like, no, he's like great. Um, Sh- Shannon then arrives and Tamara and them all like group hug and she's like the Trace Amigas are back. And Tamara goes, guess what she got us? Shots of tequila and Shannon goes, oh god, like Shannon, Shannon's poor liver. Because she, for the last two and a half years, has not had anything to do with these two women. And in the first eight episodes this season, she has marinated her liver yeah. in tequila. Well, she said, like, I never do shots except when I'm on Tamara and Vicky. Like, like it's never been my and thing. She never does shots, but she did like eight to ten shots in Montana that first night. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And like, like it's... Girl, mm-hmm. so, like she's been drinking a lot. And uh, sh- uh, Shannon Erica was like, Being with Tamara and Vicky, you just elevate to crazy fun. Local Buen Temple, <laughs> <laughs> crazy good time. Yeah, um, they take shots. Vicky's like, <laughs> Vicky's like, Let's do a, a circle and like grabs their hands and leads a prayer, <laughs> asking Jesus for uh, strength and being able the strength to be able to whoop it up again. <laughs> Oh Lord! Tamara's like, I love that you're telling Jesus to whoop it up, and Vicky's like, He understands who I am. <laughs> <laughs> and, and then I was like, Oh God, Vicky's fully back because they're just taking compilation of them just taking shots and 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 drinking more. Tamara's like, the waiter comes by and she, Tamara's like, Yeah, I would maybe get the ceviche, and Vicky goes, No ceviche, that's raw fish. <laughs> and that's the Vicky gag. <laughs> it's so bad. Tamara is like, one point says that Vicky's nipples are like poking out of her shirt. And Vicky goes, look, I wear crotchless panties, thigh highs, whatever it takes. <laughs> Remember when Vicky's last time on this show was that fucking reunion when she was yelling at Bronwyn being like, we need to elevate and not be so filthy. <laughs> I lost clients <laughs> from this last season of the show. And Andy had to be like, what the fuck are you talking about? You've had your tits out and you like sucked a, a, penis shaped lollipop on this show and I'm like what like <laughs> I love that that's gone from Vicky right now like it's just like good because that's insufferable oh yeah Tamara is asking Vicky how does she talk to any of the other girls and Vicky's like I mean I don't talk to Emily and Gina they're not really in my wheelhouse I mean I saw Heather a year ago and it was a little standoffish it was very much like oh you're below me you're you have an insurance company but like Vicky's Vicky has said that in the past that she feels like I don't even know if it's Heather doing it intentionally like it's more Vicky than Heather of just feeling like Vicky Vicky feeling like she's beneath Heather how much how much is of the um accusations of pretentiousness towards Heather is people just being intimidated by how much money they have probably a lot I would say I could I would say at least like 80 90 percent of it yeah. Yeah. Uh, Vicky asked Shannon, you know, are you close to Heather? <laughs> and Shannon's like, yeah, I mean, we had a rocky year, but we got close over the summer. And Tamara's like, define rocky year. And then they cut to the montage or cut to last year of Heather going, if you ever <laughs> come for me or my, my family, family ever, ever again. again. And then just Shannon in present day going, I mean, she, she wasn't my biggest fan. I was like, <laughs> and that's not a threat. I'm telling you, it's a promise. <laughs> she, yeah, we just had issues. It's, it's fine. It was a robot. <laughs> and then, like, Shannon's like, yeah, but we're in a good place. And Tamara goes, do you confide in her? 
And you were like, oh, she's starting. Oh, geez. It was so blatant. I hated this setup, though. It was like, girl, just say, hey, Heather said this thing. Yeah. Like, you were literally, like, leading. No, but this like, is more fun. <laughs> it was, yes, it was set up like a gotcha sort of situation, yeah. though. It was like, so you trust her, right? Mm-hmm. Well, you shouldn't because she said this. Yeah, but she's like, you know, and she's like, do you confide in her? And Shannon's like, Sometime, some things I have. Tamara goes, do you feel like she would ever repeat what you say in confidence? <laughs> <laughs> it's like what the fuck is that question and shannon's like no i believe she has a vault and then Tamara just pulls a face and starts sipping her cocktail and shannon goes oh so you've heard things about me and vicky goes "Ooh, she does she knows something <laughs> <laughs> i love vicky vicky's a sleuth it's a real uh real uh, steel trap there but uh, Tamara is like not saying anything but clear like it's the not saying anything but i clearly want to say something face which is honestly worse like it's it's like it's the same it's like when heather remember when heather wouldn't say what uh terry texted her to shannon shannon was like freaking out it's like tamra is like intent i feel intentionally not saying anything because it's worse than actually saying it well yeah because she wanted this meltdown from shannon yeah shannon's like don't bring it up and vicky goes i mean if it's a vault if, if it's a vault it's a vault it's a vault but we want to know what it was. <laughs> <laughs> Shannon's like, I'm done. I'm demiking. You know, I'm, I'll tell you off my. No, she goes, I'll tell you off mic. She doesn't say she's demiking, but she goes up to the production, which I guess is at like another table or something. Yeah. The, uh, Tamaris mentions it on Watch What Happens Live. She she calls it like Video Village. Oh yeah yeah and yeah. It's like. Well, I've was, never heard that term well, before. Well, I get it because remember that one Potomac episode where Michael Darby gets in that fight at, at Robin and Juan's thing, and yeah. then he literally goes into the room where production is, right? And so it's kind of the same thing. Well, no, no, no. I get it. I've just never heard that term before. Yeah. So it's like, oh, well, that's kind of cool. Like to know that they're set up across the restaurant, mm-hmm. watching everything on a live feed. Yeah. Like all of that sort of stuff. And that's where production lives. Mm-hmm. So you've just got cameramen there. You don't have like someone standing behind the camera, like with a clipboard or right. something. Yeah. Which is what I had always kind of I imagined. Bet it, but I bet it was like that way back in the day. I'm sure it was. Yeah. I'm sure they didn't always have quote unquote video village, but that it's kind of a cool little, I just thought it was a nice little peek behind the curtain. Yeah. It was fun. Uh, Shannon goes to them and he's like, okay, but it, no, this cannot go on air. If this goes on air, my relationship is over. It's done. And just is freaking out on them. And, and then just the episode ends with Vicky on the table alone going, and then there was one. And then she goes, <laughs> this weird like hiccup, like, and it's become such a meme now. Like everyone is just like, anytime like something exciting or something juicy happens, it's just Vicky going, <laughs> So good. Love seeing Vicky back. Love this episode of Orange County. Just hitting on all cylinders. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Really, really top-notch stuff across the board. Loving it. All right. Let's get into these tops and bottoms. We've got Drag Race, Atlanta, New York, OC. What you thinking, babe? Um, I'll start with my bottom for this week. I'm, you know, I'm going to give it to Sheree. Mm. Uh, I, <laughs> like, part of me, I understand some people who are, again, like, you know, like, Similar in the way of Tamara, I saw a lot of comments of like, well, she was really driving story and like, and 
that's technically true, like in sort of like leading the candy stuff and like and the whole candy drew issue and, mm-hmm. and certain things. And I get that and I appreciate that, but I think it's just coming at a time and a place where it's like I there's so many issues with this show for me in terms of like, you know, productions hand on things and like the way the narrative is being said on certain things, which again doesn't make it a bad season necessarily. I'm just more pissed at like what is being portrayed but it's again it's just a a lot of the tendencies where it's like much like last week it was like charade doesn't cop to shit charade is very like just like the i like the way she handled the whole thing with drew at the beginning of the episode i thought again was just very like not owning anything Mm -hmm. and and much towards the end again even like fighting sonya and marlo on this whole website stuff it's like come on let's like grow move on and, yeah, own, and own your shit in a way that other housewives are able to do. That's my view. Um, speaking, but of better housewives and and um and in terms of that, uh, my top, I'm gonna give it to Jenna Lyons because mm. I, re- I mean, this was I think really her episode. I think you, we got a lot of her backstory, a lot of sort of the basis of why she is who she is. Um, said a lot of really well, you know, well said, poignant things. Um, you know. I thought was fun, funny at moments. Um, you know, I loved getting to hear more about her coming out story and sort of that stuff and her background there. Um, I think a really, like I said it last week, like a really important part of this cast. I think with her, it would still be good, but it, without her, it would still be good. But it's like there's that extra little bit of something right. that would be missing. Um, so yeah, I'm going to give my top Jenna this week. What about you, babe? Tops and bottoms. Um, I'm going to also go to Atlanta for my bottom. Uh, it's going to go to Courtney. Yeah. Because, um, while, while I kind of wanted to give it to uh, production because they were egregious this week as they have been a lot in weeks past, um, there is no excuse for that bullshit that she said to Drew after Kenya slipped. Mm-hmm. That was fucked up. It was diabolical. Like, I was disgusted. Yeah, it's really bad. It, that is... She has got something coming for her tonight at that reunion. I hope so. If the, I mean, the way, like, if your goal is to be hated... Well, she's done it. You did it. But, like, if if you want, like, an actual, like, well-rounded, like, sort of nuanced view from the audience, you're not going to get it. I don't, I don't think. Yeah, I just, it, it was, there's, there's no excusing it. No. That was, terrible. that was gross. You don't do that shit. Um, my top for the week, um, is going to be Emily mm. on OC. I really love, like, this development we've had with her. Um, we really get to see more with her and Shane. Um, we really get to see more of her, you know, because her and Shane have had this swap of roles. Yeah. Um, where she's no longer practicing law a lot. Like, she's still got her... Um, innocence project. Innocence project that she's working on getting um, incarcerated individuals who are innocent, like, getting them out of jail. Um, like all of that sort of stuff is really great. And she's doing a lot of good work there, but she's not like trying cases all the time. Yeah. And Shane has taken more that active going to court all the time. Like this is that sort of type of thing. 
And we get to see her really more sit back and take, you know, like, she's almost like a fish out of water in that she's not used to being the stay-at-home mom. Mm -hmm. She's used to being the more high-powered individual and now having to come into this role, which is so unfamiliar to her. Yeah. It's similar to that. The the reason we love Jenna Lyons on Roni is she's giving that fish out of water. Mm-hmm. Emily's kind of giving that too, but she's giving it like six seasons in, right? It's been like six seasons for her. Yeah. And it's it's really interesting to see that new dynamic with her. And she's really developed a lot as a character and as a person over the years, but also she's still recognizable as the same Emily from day one. Oh, yeah. And um, I also really want to give her a shout out because um, she has been honest about the fact, like on um, Watch What Happens Live, she has clearly lost a lot of weight. Mm -hmm. Um, And she was very open and honest about she did use Ozempic. And I have been outspoken in the past about how I'm not a huge fan of people using Ozempic for weight loss and weight loss alone. Right. but I was very, um, I was very um, happy with the fact that she was like, look, this is what I did. I used it for a couple weeks at the very beginning to just kind of jumpstart things. Yeah. And then the rest of everything I did on my own. Mm-hmm. I did not stay on this. And so that, that to me, I feel is different. I feel like if you're using it for a small amount of time to really kickstart, especially if you've been plus size for a long time, right. like it can be very hard because our, our weight tends to plateau. Yeah. And so if you've been on a weight loss journey, I've been on that journey before. I clearly am not <laughs> at the spot where she's at um, because she has like, she's so skinny now. And I'm like, eh, no, I'm still living my curvy life um but like i've been in that spot where you like plateau and you can't get over it right and so like i am i admire her for being honest about hey this is what i did and if you're struggling and you're hitting a plateau this can help you in the short term Mm -hmm. um so i just I don't know. It, it really impressed me the way that she handled that in the public and the way that she has handled herself on the show. Um, it really and, is. I, it's been her best season, I would say. Oh, completely. Completely. Um, and I, I'm just really, I'm looking forward to, I would think at some point she may end up being center orange. I could see that. I could see her leading this cast. Yeah, she kind of is proving that this season. Yeah, she has what it takes to do that. Um, and I'd really love to see that from her. And I think I think that she she could do it and do it well. Hey, thanks for tuning into this episode of A Gay and His Envy. Join us next time for more of our recaps and hot takes. And be sure to subscribe and leave a review wherever you are listening. And check us out on our social media at A Gay and His Envy on all the platforms. A special shout out to Shane Ivers, who wrote Pulsar, the song we use for our theme. I'm Eamon. I'm Merlin. And And we're we're out. This show is a member of the Sorgatron Media Podcast Network. Find out more at sorgatronmedia.com.